It's me, Alex. And I know I haven't been around for a while. Sorry. I am going to be recording a new show on Wednesday. Um, I have plans for that. Or Thursday or something. I don't know. The point is I have a show planned for this week. Um, I'm sorry for my absence. I know it's been a while since I've even skipped a week. And, well, frankly, I've not put out an episode for a while. Um, I don't know how much I want to explain. Blah, 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 blah. But, uh, you know... Um, for the past year or so, I've been making references to, you know, discreet references to a relationship I was in, and that relationship is over. And I, frankly, did not take it well. Well, really, if, if someone had asked me, hey, Alex, how are you going to take it if uh, this person leaves you out of nowhere? Uh, I actually tell you the truth, I probably took it better than I thought I would. Um, I curled up on the couch and um, slept a lot and cried and have been very drunk so hooray for that uh good for me i guess what am i saying i don't know what i'm saying but the point is i've really had a hard time trying to get myself up and get back on the show and podcasting and trying to write and it's just been well frankly it's been fucking difficult so uh thank you for the people that have been there for me there's um i reached out to everybody i fucking know and uh a few of them stepped up, and it was very nice of them. So, thank you for getting me through something that was rather difficult. And not to say that I'm through it, because what I'm getting to next is that this is not an episode of the AlexCast. I mean, it is. I'm on it. It's all me talking to one other person, so ostensibly it's an AlexCast. But uh, I was on BCX Radio. Uh, I've been on twice now, and he was on he was on the show once as well. So, you guys are probably familiar with him, DJ. So, um... Jacob, whatever, DJ is, blah, sorry. Oh, Alex. So I am taking the first episode I did with him from back in, I don't know what it was, it was in the summer, and uh, yeah, I'm going to put that up for this episode, so I can start getting some episodes back up. I owe you guys some, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let that slip, so hopefully when I get my head back on. I'll start doing some solo episodes, I'll catch back up, I want to make sure that we get the number of episodes, you know, I try to do one a week, sometimes two, so I'm going to at least try to catch up with one a week, but yeah, uh, my, um, my, uh, my soul hurts, and it's just been incredibly difficult for me to try to, try to be funny, or even interesting, I turned on the mics a few days ago to try to do an episode, and it turned into me crying into a microphone, which, although I think would be interesting for you guys to listen to, it was nothing that uh, I would let out. Uh, one of the things I've learned about myself in this during this breakup is that um, being the better man, and this is not the better man in, in man versus woman, but like uh, being the better man, like in in the general sense, in that terminology of not 
acting out or not um not being a jerk when man that would be satisfying it kind of sucks no one no one pats you on the back no one says like hey way to go uh ignoring her shithead ex-boyfriend that you know contacted you on twitter like hey good good job you know not yelling at things and giving out personal details you don't get that you get um you get to be alone in a room and freaking out so um i've um i've kind of figured that out so i think during all this i've realized that like i've made reference in the show that i used to be you know rather a jerk in my younger years and i think through all this, I realized like that's probably what I should just go back to. Um, being a decent human being and taking the better path and trying to be strong and decent doesn't work. Uh, I'm going to go and uh, I'm going to go and just just uh, emotionally uh, hurt and destroy everybody in my path. Uh, I will have blood-strewn bodies uh, that will be uh, my new carpet and I shall walk upon them, deaning my feet too holy to be touching the ground that has been so sullied by the goodness that I've tried to act myself. <laughs> Shut up, Alex. I'm just, I'm trying to be funny and it's not working. So who cares? <laughs> the point is, um, when I tried to record, it was, uh, I gave out details, uh, not gave out details because the show was never going to air. Uh, as I started to talk, I realized that I was talking to myself and to be fair, I was talking to her is exactly what it was. I was, I was doing a podcast for her in some perverted sense of like, um, well, maybe if I do a podcast and talk about how badly I'm hurting, she'll take me back and that kind of fucking idiots thinking. Um, so that didn't happen. So I, I, you know, I just stopped it and, you know, deleted and said, you know, I, I can't do a show right now because that's all I'll want to talk about. And, uh, because I'm trying to be the better man and because I'm trying to, be a decent person i'm not going to give out details because that's disrespectful to her and um i'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings so now that i feel like i've got a little bit of momentum under my belt i have no momentum i've been in bed every day till 2 to 4 p.m and everything's terrible um but i have enough to give this intro so this is a bcx radio thing i did in um in summertime or whatever and i'll be back um, later this week and I will do an episode and I'll try to do a solo show and I will, um, I will try to, um, try to get back out there. Uh, thank you guys for sticking to me. And this is such an awkward one, but since I do have to do a standard commercial, I do want to like, this is so weird, but like, I need to, I need you guys to understand that like, if this wasn't a, a thing that I have to do for episodes, um, I would be saying this right now that that bar really helped me. Um, there is some really caring people there that, uh, I mean, it basically it's just a bar that my friends hang out at, but I had such a fucking bad time of this and those people like took care of me and made sure I was okay. And that was really fucking nice of them. So beyond them just sponsoring the show, um, man, that bar is fucking, you know, there's a few times in my life that that place has really helped me out. And I might sound weird to people that don't like live in a bar culture or, you know, um, you know, that's live in a place where they don't have decent bars, you know, some just shitty, tasty place. Um, yeah, that was helpful. And my friends, there were helpful. So anyway, facebook.com slash the standard PDX. Uh, seriously, that place helped me out. Um, 14 Northeast 22nd in Portland, Oregon. Go. Uh, actually, the, the night that my 
thing, my relationship first started to explode. I guess the night we, we, um, I mean, broke up sort of, I mean, there was kind of a, see, I'm not giving out details. This is what happened last time. I started talking about things. Anyway, I went out that night and I'm, I'm literally at the bar crying. And, uh, one, one of the listeners, uh, was there and recognized my voice. So that was incredibly awkward. So I was just drunk and lacrimose and ran into a listener and I was like, this is such a fucking weird life. You know, this is what, what am I doing? You know, just, I'm some fat guy crying alone at a bar. But, um, not that that, I don't know if that's a good advertisement for the bar. I think it should be. Cause it's, it's a type of place that's like accepting. I'm not saying don't go there and cry. Like actually, like most of the place there is like people having fun and there's like video games and like, it's fun. It's like a good place. But I'm just saying like, there's like decent caring human beings, which is uh, something that, something that I, uh, I was in desperate need of. So anyway, that is that, that is the standard and it's facebook.com slash the standard PDX. And that's what's been going on with me. I'll be back very soon with a proper episode, but for now, um, this is an extra long one. It's like two hours long and it's been me and Jacob from BCX radio talking. Um, you can find all this stuff at bcxradio.com and, um, uh, what else can I tell you? He's on Twitter at, wait, let me check this out. He's at Twitter at BCX radio. I think I'm, I'm reasonably sure all of these plugs are actually in the episode too. So, um, if I, I, hopefully I didn't miss anything anyway. Okay. So yeah, Ivan Alex, thank you for, um, thank you for putting up with me. Thank you for, um, you know, for, uh, for coming back and listening to this and I will be back soon with, uh, with new content and, and everything, um, you know, we'll, we'll try to, we'll try to put my life back together and, you know, uh, hopefully you guys are in it because, you know, this, this show is stupidly important to me. And, uh, you know, this show introduced me to, uh, to that girl. And as much as, uh, as much as my heart has been forcibly removed, uh, via an open chest wound, uh, that was a, that was a, that was a good thing. So yes, please enjoy the episode. Uh, I'll be back soon. Recording. I masturbated everywhere. Everywhere! On. Uh. Boys, seal the doors. No one's getting out of here alive. Warning. The following podcast is for those 18 and older. If you are related to us, turn this show off now. The following podcast is not actually about comics, but we retain the right to nerd out whenever we want. Now, are you ready? Then enjoy the show. And fuck off. Somebody just got back from going full Florida. BCX Radio, the podcast for fanboys. I forgot to tell you, shit. <laughs> With a life. There you go. 
<laughs> I am your host, D. Jacob Riles, and my special guest today is... I'm Alex Bolin. Hello. And we are coming to you from Portland, Oregon. This is uh, the podcast for fanboys with a life. This is your show for the casual nerd. We're talking about everything from... Give me something you'd want to talk about. Uh, the, the Mark Hamill's the Joker. Mark Hamill's the Joker. We'll talk about two... Mark Wahlberg's rap career. Very nice. From? Uh, Hannibal Rising. Hannibal Rising to Hannibal Burris. Very nice. Stick with and Metal Arms. His Metal Arms. We'll talk about Hannibal Burris, his Metal Arms. One more. Give me one more. We'll talk about everything from? Hamilcar Barca. You know, Whatever <laughs> he just said to Kurt Vonnegut's mom. Mm, so it goes. I don't know his mom. Do you know his mom? No, but I know so it goes, so I just went with that. You should know some Kurt Vonnegut stuff. Now, you not only are a podcaster, we'll get to that in a second, but you're, you're a writer. Yeah, yeah. I write uh, I write stuff down in books. And you wrote a book. You've got a book. I heard you talk about it on your, your show. Uh, yeah, I have two out. Uh, I just put out a novel last year uh, called Periphery. Mm-hmm. It's um, a really very strange thing. It's kind of quantum theory mixed with... Um, strange storytelling it's kind of psychotic and odd and yeah it's it's odd it's if you like richard broad again and kind of garcia marquez it's their kind of weird bastard love child those are names yeah, those are names <laughs> yeah. i read the kind of books that in order to describe it you have to reference other authors that once read. It's, we're, we're three levels down to unknown them that's <laughs> always good for marketability um, oh yeah <laughs> Uh, we got a great show for you today. We've got Alex here. We're going to introduce him a little bit more. Uh, don't forget to check out the last show uh, where we talk about things about how, like, kids today. Like, like growing up, my Batman. I love Batman. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, I picked up on a couple of the Kutcher <laughs> Malls in the room. <laughs> uh, for me, it's like me and Batman's first date was 1989 Tim Burton. But we didn't really start start going steady till Batman the Animated Series. But kids today, they're Batman's Arkham Asylum. You know what I'm saying? The video game. And for them, their their comics are shit, in my opinion. But I'm just saying, like, there's kids out there who don't know who the fuck Roger Rabbit is. I guarantee you. Yeah. There are 20-year-olds who don't know who Roger Rabbit is. I, I am absolutely sure you're right, because as you said that, it occurred to me that I haven't heard the name Roger Rabbit in a really, really long time. That There's no way that's held cultural significance to the next generation down. I think I've heard 20-year-olds talk about how, like, wouldn't it be great if Disney and Looney Tunes got together? Yeah. It happened. Uh, we talk <laughs> about that. Shades finally saw a BCX favorite movie, Monster Squad. Yes, Wolfman's got nards. So we got to talk... I already love you, Alex. <laughs> the only thing I remember from that, that little girl was the virgin. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. Of course, they couldn't find one at first. And oh, they're yeah, in right. fourth grade. Yeah, doesn't she say, like, <laughs> doesn't she say, like, it was only my hand, it doesn't count? There's some really lascivious line. They, get, her, they get one of them that has, like, a 16-year-old sister. Yeah. And they get her at first. She's like, but Brad, does it count? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shades on Monster Squad is a big movie for me and BCX. And we got to interview him about seeing it just now at, like, 24 or however old he is. Uh, we also go over a Twitter uh, affair that I had with a model, a 45-year-old model named Abigail, uh, and uh, how she likes to nerd out about sexy photos, about posing for sexy photos, and how I should have her as a guest. 
So check that out on the last episode, 5.83. Yes, agreed. Uh, but today we've got an awesome show. We've got Alex from AlexCast. That's your podcast. It is. And that's at Alex, AlexCast.com? Yeah, uh, AlexCast.com. I always spell Alex with two X's because, again, my marketing skills are somewhere beneath zero. Nothing's easy to spell. Some have <laughs> the before it. Some don't, uh, depending on how many people got the name before me. It's a, it's a train wreck. You, uh, you're also a Portland podcaster, which is one of the reasons why I fucking moved here to meet other podcasters. Yeah. And that we're, this is our for our crossover show. Uh, I listen to – you listen to way more of my show than I listen to yours. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I have a lot of time in my hands. So it's – I have a job that involves no amount of paying attention. So I just, <laughs> I just loaded a few and I'm just kind of skipping through, you know, trying to get the vibe. Uh, I would call your show the rated RNPR. I, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, I Yeah. We talk about smart stuff a lot. And then, yeah, a lot of dick jokes. Mixed this in. American yeah. life unleashed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Ira Glass wishes he could say cuss words. I think so. And I think Ira Glass probably would get along with me if I, if I, I would never book him. But I think he would, I think he would get along <laughs> with Fuck me. Fuck that I think, guy. Yeah. I'm not even sure he's a nice fella. But, like, you know, he's got better things to do than go on the Alex cast. And, and if he did, it's just it's career suicide for somebody of that, that uh, reputation. Uh, and you're also a writer and author, like we talked about. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna have a great show. I'm you're in safe hands with me. Oh, I appreciate Alex. That. We're gonna uh, talk about some stuff with. Li- it is hot as fuck here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either. I I don't know if people find that interesting to bitch about, but you can go fuck yourself because I got a little over an hour of sleep last night because it's so goddamn hot. I'm a fat kid. We don't do hot. I moved to Portland to get away from hot. Yeah. It's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to cry. <laughs> get fucking AC, goddamn yeah. it, Portland. Do you have AC in your apartment? Uh, I do, but I have I have the problem that people are going to hate me for. But trust me, it's annoying. Is that I live in a basement apartment, and we have air conditioning, but it's not under my control. So it's oh. either yeah, I thought it was going to be really nice, but then it's literally like it's either too cold. Or you have to close it down, and now it's just the flaming cauldron of hell. There's no, there's no middle ground. Well, to wouldn't be had. the basement usually be a nice, cool temp? It, sort of. It can if you get lucky, but if you get three hot days in a row, it's either just it's it's a meat fridge or it's really really hot. I will say that, like in Portland, it's like this will last a week. Yeah. And then we'll be all right. No, we'll live. But this week yeah. sucks balls for a fat kid like me. Yeah. I, you know, we're both kind of uh, heavy set fellows. And there, there's this winter layer, not no. not something that's really well suited for this amount of humidity. And I awful. had to get a tire at this place that's like so like it, I like it that it's this way. So I'm not criticizing it, but it's like Premier One tire. I'll give him a plug. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Shout out to Premier One. On 82nd. It's ran by – it's evident – obviously family ran. Like there's the dad. They're Latino. I'm not going to sh- – I'm going to guess Mexican, but I don't know these things. Uh, there's a lot of Spanish going on that I don't understand. And his kids basically are the ones who interact with me, <laughs> like his 12- and 15-year-old sons. That's fine. Whatever. As long as it's 40 bucks and I get the fuck out of there in 15 minutes, I don't give a shit who I'm talking to. Yeah, agreed. But the little 12-year-old is like, hey, man, you trying to buy some fireworks? I'm like, no, I don't like fireworks. He's like, why don't you like fireworks? I was like, because they're loud and annoying. I'm a bear. Would you throw a firework at a bear? No. I was filming it. I'm a fucking bear. Fat kid. I was going with that to say I'm a fat kid and a bear. 
Now I just sound like I'm gay. I'm coming out to you, Alex. Oh, thanks. That's sweet. <laughs> that's, like, that's like two people I talked to in a row that seem to have a of affinity <laughs> for Alex. Wow. <laughs> now, so that's not interesting. Ah, whatever. You bring it up, you lose some. I also want to talk about podcasting. You're a podcaster. I'm a podcaster. I'm having some thoughts about podcasting lately. I want to take the audience behind the veil a little bit. Uh, we're also going to talk about TV shows that I've tried out recently. You know, this fucking summertime. They're throwing out the new pilots. I'm also going back and catching up on old shit that I missed and uh, want to see if what you think and, and we'll talk about those. And then maybe we'll have some videos and then we're going to play what was that? Favorite BCX game. Agreed. I'm on board. I'm still figuring out this te- like I want to tease the show for people, but that was a horrible tease. That made I that show sounds boring. <laughs> well, you got to bring the heat, you know, that's the problem. So this is my problem with podcasting lately. I feel sort of lame about it. Like I I so when I one of the scene that I hit the hardest when I first moved to Portland to because I was already doing the show before I moved here. So I wanted to start doing shows right away. So the first scene that I hit was the comedy scene because they always congregate seven days a week. And most of them are nerds. So I knew they would be able to relate to the material and they'd be hopefully be funny. That is, by the way, not an absolute rule. No, it is not. <laughs> I'm that one myself. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. I've, I don't know if it's a couple of jokes I've heard on in pop culture lately about how, like, your podcast is stupid. Like, I remember watching, I don't know what the fuck it was. It was a TV show or a movie where uh, this girl's on a date with the, with our main character. And she says, don't, uh, the last couple of guys I dated were losers. Don't tell me you're working when all you're doing is working on your podcast. Yeah. And there's a couple of other things I've heard that and heard like that in pop culture where podcast is almost a thing that like, it, I don't, I feel like podcast became cool. And then with those jokes in my head. I feel like you got kicked back down a little bit to basement dwelling. I think we crossed that line, and, and I kind of like it, too, because we're watching a lot of kind of the wheat from the chaff get separated here, where you get to this this point where it just got so oversaturated. And you've been doing the show longer than I've been doing mine. So you remember, like, I remember when it started to get huge, yeah. when, when the things started to start spiraling, and it's like, oh, shit, like, now there's... You know, a hundred podcasts next to me. Now there's two hundred, three. Now every fucking person I know has a podcast. But you start noticing, and for me, I kind of noticed it that a lot of shows get to about that forty to sixty episode mark mm-hmm. and start drifting off. And you start hearing the, oh, sorry, we missed the show this week. Oh, it's been two weeks since the show. We've been really busy. And then you see it's been three months. We're trying to get the show back together. You know, re- revamping. And we've kind of reached that point where everybody has one, but everybody's also falling off. So. For us that have more of like a not a professional thing, but like a, an actual commitment to this as as not just some casual bullshit. I think that's the difference. I yeah, think, I think you can hear it too between a hobby and it's a thing. I don't know what to call it, but yeah. like yeah, professional like professionals too big for what you're. But like I would like to only be able to do this and be, yeah. get better at it. Like I think that's part of it too. I mean, because the thing about being involved with comedians is now for comics specifically. Ever since the LA podcast. Uh, you know, what would you call it? A, a fucking surge fad. Yeah. Whatever. Like every comedian out there has a podcast now. It's like a Twitter account. And because they do something else, they, they, I mean, Mark Maron could fart on air and 5,000 people would download it. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, 
And everybody acts like he's awesome for doing the podcasting, but it's like mm, he had a 20-year career that he brought into that. That's why he started out to be so successful. Now, I'm not saying he's not talented and that his show's not great and all that stuff as well, but like my point is is that there's a lot of comedians specifically and just people who think they who have the time start a podcast and then but they're not really working on, there's a craft to it yeah i'm failing at it right now but there's a craft to it <laughs> well i i think well for me the i come from the it's kind of found any kind of listeners through the whole death squad joe rogan network like i, I end up becoming friends with a lot of those guys mm-hmm. and um I sound terrible in this. Did, did my mic go out? Sorry, I, I hate to do that. On no, you sound fine. Oh, okay, good. All right. Um, I think this went out then. Terribly sorry. That's so, okay. Um, yeah, I, I got into that, and it was kind of interesting to watch that spiral happen, where I completely lost my train of thought, and I'm terribly embarrassed. And I thought if I kept talking, it would come back to me <laughs> why I started that. What the hell was I saying about? I wanted to. Bring, oh yeah, so I started because of the same thing. Like all of the Death Squad shows started because of Opie and Anthony, that, yeah. that radio show, and that's why I started my podcast. Like I started, I don't know, four months after Joe Rogan started his. Not like there's no comparison. Like, yeah, that, yeah, but yeah, I mean, your shows aren't. But even the same. we both started because we liked O and A, and. A lot of podcasts started because they like other podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I think there's another kind of generational thing, too, where, it, I mean, judging by your show, I'm assuming you were influenced by radio. Like, you, you've got a radio vibe to the setup. Uh, yes. Like, my dad raised me on, like, I've always loved radio. Yeah. My dad raised me on, like, old-time radio shit and stuff like that, and audiobooks yeah. and, 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 and stuff like that. Um, but it was podcasts that gave me the idea that I could do it. Yeah. But radio was, I remember, like, a year and a half before I started the show that me and my best friend at the time were sitting there like talking about how like man I wish we could get on the radio because our conversations are so fucking funny and we would be awesome as a duo on the radio so there so yes and no because really it's more podcasts that inspired me to do the show but yeah influence definitely was yeah the stylistically well. and I think there's a difference there too so there's and it goes back to that kind of professionalism aspect not that I'm professional but like the the approach to it is you're doing it as like this is something that's valid it's something that can be like a valid art and a lot of people are just like yeah i like other podcasts and it's fine they're recording their conversations with their friends which is perfectly good but after a while for me i think you i lose interest in their show and you can kind of hear them losing interest in their mm-hmm. show where it's like it becomes tedious yeah and there's a lot of shows like that and a lot of the comedian shows are like that where you just hear them going all right we're slogging through another one of this bullshit you know you hear them like oh great all right we got eddie Yift back on the air great and all right eddie what's tell that same story again and get this or it's the same show over and over again even if they're into it it's the same fucking thing like no one's there's no uh no one's pushing themselves yeah well i was talking to shades about that the other day off mic about how like you know i feel bad when i came here i was like i'm gonna try to do stand-up but the idea always was uh to help this like this is this is definitely my niche yeah like being on stage by myself isn't really my thing um if I if it if if my niche was a stage thing, I'd probably be more of an improv troupe. Like I'm, I work better bouncing off other people. I, I work, but uh, I also work better because I need the long form of the podcast yeah. and the conversation. And I think I'm good at at the art of conversation. Um, but 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 uh, yeah. So I feel like the work that I put into it, the long the, the time that you, the time that I've been doing it, I think there is a little bit of respect that you get from the people who um, who are just doing it because it's they think it's fun. Um, you know, like comedians all the time want to start a, a podcast, and it's like okay, 
but a lot of they don't really they don't come up with a format they don't know what they want to do they don't know what they want to talk about they just know that that's what you're supposed to do yeah it's it's pretty interesting to watch them have what i noticed in portland is so for a while i went after comedians to see if i can get local comics on the show because i i don't know where i got i got linked to somewhere and like my audience spiked and i was like oh i have enough listeners that i should get decent comedians on the show let's approach them and i found this weird thing about local comics of like no one wanted to come on and i was like look in one episode, for, I do an hour show, that's more people are going to hear you than your next two months of doing shows. And that's not bragging. That's I can show you numbers. Yeah, 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 this yeah. is direct fact. And people are like, eh, I don't really. And I was like, what's wrong with Portland? Like, I know other towns. People would dive on that opportunity. And not, I'm not shitting on any specific Portland, you know, comics. But it goes towards that. I don't want to say they're unprofessional, but it goes towards that. People just want to kind of dick around. So... Portland's got a lot of people like hanging out in the comedy scene. <laughs> that's all. Com- yeah. That's also comedians. I yeah, mean, that's that, true. Yeah, fair that's, enough. That's yeah, a yeah. comedy scene anywhere. Yeah. I mean, a lot. Of, a lot of times. I mean, you can you can tell. So, like, where I'm from, Macon, Georgia, there is no comedy scene, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to move to Portland is because I was all, I was also a com. I mean, as well as a comic book nerd, I'm also a comedy nerd, and so stand up was always something that intrigued me, and again, something my dad got me into, and. And so I I couldn't wait to be around a comedy scene. The only ways that I had really experienced the scene was vicariously through podcasts that I was listening to with other guys who were involved in other scenes. Like my favorite show, Red Bar Radio, he was involved with the Chicago comedy scene. And eventually, after hanging out with him long enough, I started to hear him complain. And I'm starting to find those complaints valid even here in portland and part of it is is you can start to tell the people who are actually just like with podcasting stand up as well you can tell the guys who are gonna be doing stand up in three years and the guys who who are getting close to moving to la in three years and yeah. the guys who aren't doing it at all and i think because comedians like i said they congregate every every day of the week because at an open mic and they most of them aren't that shitty with new people and so they're very welcoming. So yeah, you got a guy who doesn't really have that hunger to be in comedy, hang out, and everybody's going to tell him how awesome they are or how nice of a person they are. You just like hanging out with them, and they're at work. You know, for the ones that are actually working, they're at work. While they're at work, they get to hang out with funny people. You're a nice guy. Why wouldn't they want to? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's all these welcoming. Um, it's sort of like in my, in my hometown. I hung out. Uh, my favorite hangout place was a christian owned coffee shop and because they were they were christian you know it wasn't a christian coffee shop but it was christian owned but there was still that like church welcoming this there were tons of fucking weirdos that also went to that place the kind of person that talks at you not to you (laughs) and wants to rant about obama and and wear tinfoil on his head it's the same kind of thing except it's just hoodies and liquor yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's. Uh, I just find I find the entire thing interesting to watch, and I have to remind myself that I'm actually t- dealing with real people. Like there's a, I, you know, we're basement dwelling weirdos. You know, I, I'm, I'll hold the moniker well that it, there is a certain gorillas of the mist factor. Anytime I try to venture out and like, like, ooh, let's look at comedians this week, and it's like, oh, look at this. They're all. Look, I guess Ian Ian Carmel. That must be their alpha. They're all bowing to him this week. <laughs> you know. It's it's really fun. I just I, I enjoy the interaction with them, and I just kind of realize that yeah, it's just not my show. I guess to get them on, or mm-hmm. also my attempt to do it last three tries. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck this. I'm you know, tired. Well, <laughs> the thing that I because like I was like super fucking awkward, and they're super fucking awkward. Yeah. I mean, you don't do comedy because you're well adjusted usually. Yeah, and sure. so like <laughs> eventually, I just had to suck it up and try not like to be as li- like ah, I got a show. 
Yeah. <laughs> Love to have you. The way I worked it is I figured um, I had I had and I still do have targets on certain comedians. But in the meantime, I'm like, well, I'm going to get this friend of theirs. Yeah. Make sure they have the best time ever and just infect the comedy scene like syphilis until I've got all of them. Yeah, this is a great idea, and this is the kind of dedication that you have that I do not. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna stick to I just wanted to show up and be like, look at this number. That's more people than you. Go and talk to this amount of people on my show. You just have to say funny things. I will say things back to you, and then you get famous. Some of them yeah. do. In fact, yeah. if you still are interested in comedians, I could probably point some of your way. Yeah, I might be. Because there are some that do get that. Yeah, my show took a turn for the kind of uh, occult and strange the last... I mean, there's always been a thread of strangeness and odd spirituality on my show, but lately it's been more of a focus. So I kind of feel weird bringing a comedian into that, you know, like, hey, you're going to be, you know, uh, you're opening a helium this weekend. What do you feel about the uh, Thoth or Hermes Trismegistus? You know, how how do you like your hermeticism served to you? <laughs> and, and it's, it's, you forget what specific comedy scene you're in. Yeah. Pseudo intellectual intelli- intelligentsia. Oh, that's true. Actually, yeah, fair enough. Is a big yeah. thing <laughs> yeah, in the comedy yeah. scene, especially the Portland comedy scene. Yeah, that is true. I was kind of thinking of just kind of the dumbassery comics that I've actually hung out with. But yeah, actually, there. Yeah, good point. Maybe I will. You know, start courting them again. You, if you stay, if you stick uh, closer to the river, you'll at least find someone who wants to pretend like they can keep up with your conversation. Yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> that's all. That's all I ask for. That's why I do a lot of solo shows because it's just easier to talk to myself sometimes. Yeah. See, that's why I don't mind. We were talking about having certain people that can and cannot talk. I, that's why I don't mind someone who doesn't who isn't necessarily good on the mic because I don't. I can't. My solo shows, I think, suck balls the worst because a I start on mumble. Because I'm in my thought. I'm not paying attention. I forget I'm doing a show. Uh, If I have someone standing in front of me, even if they're not talking, I still feel better about it and I can keep it going. Like I don't need their energy to keep it. Keep, keep it up, especially when I meet them and I realize, oh, you're not going to be great for this. So, yeah. okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, my, I like the solo shows. My thing is, uh, and you've got it down much better than I do, is I kind of forget how to show prep. So I will. I'll have like, all right, I'll have these four things this I want to talk new. about. And yeah, I blow through the four things in 25 minutes and it's like, ah, shit. And now you're staring down the void of 35 minutes of content. No, for me, I also realized I could hit pause. But I never think about the show that way. Like, I want to have it because I feel like a certain amount of dishonesty cutting a pause out. Like, unless it's a technical issue I, or somebody says something shitty, I don't want to edit the show because I feel like I'm lying to the audience, you know? That and that's a lot of work. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. hate when yeah. people ask me to edit something out. I'm like, fucker! Yeah. Why'd you say it? That's what, it, yeah, <laughs> this is this is a common thing. That's why I don't um, do it anymore. What's well, not that I don't do it. What I do is try to get the show up as quickly as possible onto my feed, because most people don't understand how iTunes and stuff work. So I can just go, yeah. oh, it's already on iTunes. There's nothing I can do. No, of course there is. But they don't know that. Yeah. So I just go, oh, you know, if you told me earlier, I totally would have edited that for you. But, you know, it's already <laughs> out there. Sorry. I, I can't do anything about it. It's it, it, would, it would involve all sorts of effort. All sorts of effort, meaning I highlight one thing, hit the delete key, and then hit export as MP3. But, well, now they know that if you listen to this episode. <laughs> oh, uh, <clears throat> let's see here. So, uh, looks like we, we've hit these questions. I had lame mean to you. What does podcasting mean to you? But you've sort of we've sort of touched that. Like this is something that we're we're actually passionate about, and it shows. And I think it shows not only the listeners, but also to the listeners. But I think it shows to everyone else involved. Yeah, I mean, I also like the podcast aspect too. Like I'm one of the weirder examples of humanity 
right now, like I met, like I've, I'm in a long distance relationship with a chick that she met through my show. Like she enjoyed my show and we ended up hitting it off. That's impossible. And I love that idea that, and I got with like friendship groups too. And a lot of like my Twitter audience that I go back and forth on like a lot with them is you actually can make meaningful relationships with people if you're honest on your show, mm-hmm. which is a lot of reasons I try to keep it honest is that if anybody's listening, they no, pretty. I mean, I'm pretty close to who I am on the show. I mean, there's yeah. some stuff I don't talk about, but not much. It's tiny little things. I don't give details about other people's lives, but it's mostly pretty much me, just you know, a little bit amplified. So it's nice to have for somebody like myself, which I'm rather outgoing, but not in public. I'm not going to say hi to someone in public. Like I have books to read, and I would have to make. If you don't know anybody at the bar, you're not talking to them. No, I, I, I usually sit down with a book, and you know, yeah. I, and generally that starts a conversation, which I wish it's people. Annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it works out really well, but sometimes it's like, you know, this wasn't, this actually wasn't a prop. This time I, I'm like literally in the middle of reading a book, but you no. Know. What part of my earbud said I want to talk to you? Yeah. It's, <laughs> the earbuds thing, I almost started to adopt it. So my, uh, my show is sponsored by a bar in Port, uh, the Standard. In yeah, Portland. I want to talk to you about yeah. that because I've never been there. Oh, it's a great place. Yeah. They, um, I actually was recruited by a bartender to be a regular there. They're opening and I was friends with. Uh, this other bartender lady and I was living two blocks away from when the standard was opening. She's like, you're going to love this place. You're going to love Reed and Jessica. Those are the ones that are opening it. Just, you're going to show up this week and we, you now have a friend and you're now a regular at this bar. So they dragged me in, you know, two days in. Turns out, yeah, I hit it off boffo with these people. Like, yeah, you get along great. Wow. Yes, this conversation is fluid and it's like we've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. Good call. And, you know, I was like, I have no idea how many years ago at this point, but as the show started to get enough numbers that I felt not embarrassed trying to get an actual sponsor because I've been asked by people, but I just, I just didn't, I just feel dishonest because it's like you're not getting your money, your money's worth, and I just don't want to do that. But when I started to get to that point and read, it's like, yeah, fuck it, you know, it's a tax write off. I'm like, hell yeah, this is great. Yeah. Well, that that kind of sponsorship, the one you're talking about with the with the bar that you like and they're willing to sponsor you, that's that's whoa, <laughs> I'm fine with that. But we've talked about, you know. We've talked about on the show how I don't want to do sponsors and I don't want to do ads. Yeah. Because, you, I mean, especially the fucking shows, the fucking stamps.com, the go to my PC. I mean, Adam Kroll doesn't know half the sh- He pissed me off and really hurt me. Because when he first got his show, I started listening. I was super excited about it. He had broken off from radio. He had always bitched about the fucking system. And that's what they all do. Chris Hardwick, too. Yeah. Bitched about the old system. But as soon as they got into podcasting where they were in control of the system, they created the same fucking system they bitched about. Yeah. Especially the fucking Nerdist Network, where everyone's involved and everyone has to, you know, I mean, all the shit that, that Chris Hardwick bitched about in the first couple episodes of Nerdist, I'm pretty sure someone's bitching about him. Yeah, I had to tap out a Nerdist for that exact reason. And I have a lot of those ads. Like, I do the Amazon click-through. I have Audible. And that's about it. Oh, and, you know, you donate through PayPal. Like, the, the standard three that every show pretty much has. But here's the thing is, I'm an author. I like when people listen to books. So, like, I have no problem with that. And I buy all my shit on Amazon. I don't own a car. So, like, <laughs> I have a lot. Like, them shipping shit to my house, I'm happy with. So, I wouldn't take on... A, like, I wouldn't do Stamps.com because my audience... Them. My audience wouldn't want that. I don't use it. It's got nothing to do with me. Like, well, that's good. Yeah. At least you have the 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 yeah that in your head. Well, because I don't want. I'm fine with. I'm fine with doing ads. I'm just not going to lie to them every week. Of like, yeah, uh, go to my PC. Like, no one's going to do that. I mean, if they do, it's accidental. Like, <laughs> hey guys, you need a dildo. Yeah. <laughs> AdamEve.com. <laughs> you, know, Adam, you know, Adam and Eve, I probably wouldn't even have a big problem with. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a sex toy fucking user. Well, I have one, but it's I'm not. 
against it and if they wanted to give me money sure because i don't care like people like putting things in them it's none of my business and if they want to give me money to do that fuck yeah i'm i'm, I'm on it but i'm not going to do you know um the go to meeting or uh the whatever those hosting sites that everybody's advertising now sherry's where, berries yeah sherry's berries yeah i'm not i'm good with that sherry's berries what's, what's the new nut one where the, the oh the one snacks. bill went nuts on did you hear that? No. Oh, Bill Burr on his show. He did that um, Nature to Go bar or whatever they That's were. That's it. And Bill just goes, oh, would you look at this shit? Look at this. No, this is nonsense. This is terrible for you. And he literally goes like five minutes of making fun of his sponsor and apparently got in quite a bit of trouble for it good and for yeah you, they Bill. stopped uh, they stopped doing it which, that's see yeah. and that's the fucking problem i mean adam Carolla specifically like to get beyond the gris hardwick thing adam Carolla hates the way the fucking radios ran and he set up the fucking pirate ship like just like radio with the fucking sponsors and the ads and the copy and he oh my god and it's, oh it's annoying you are not fucking independent yeah. you have like a fucking staff Everybody sucks your dick. You know the only Adam Crowley I listen to right now? No, it's a classic love line. 96, 97 love line. You know why? A, because I didn't hear it. B, I like the, like the show. But because no one gives a shit about Adam yet. And yeah. so he has to work for the laughs and he has to work uh, at doing radio. Whereas now, I mean, like, everyone's just going to agree with him. Yeah, that's true. And I, I'm, I, I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying that, like,. It's it's not fun to listen to. In fact, you know, because I was listening to Classic Love Line, I started listening to Adam, the Adam and Drew show, and they did fucking copy in the middle of a dude talking about his dead girlfriend or something. Yeah, I've heard, and I don't know about that specific one, but I've heard this that complaint that in the middle of really heavy topic that they go into a read, and it's just like I get it when you're on standard terrestrial radio where there's there a break has to happen now, like or things go wrong like literally the system can crash sometimes you're forced into an awkward situation this is a podcast dude if you're in the middle of a heavy topic fucking back weight the ads do two in a row in the next break that's yeah i that I, really pissed me off that really yeah. pissed me off at dr drew like yeah. he should be more mature than that but i feel like almost like adam said come on over to podcasting you don't have to worry about all that stuff and here's this new toy and he just follows adam's lead again yeah it happens in all these podcast networks. It seems like of all of them, I not to, like the whole Death Squad thing. It's it turned to shit. Like all the shows, not that they, they all suck, but they all started to suck because they start following the they start falling into the system of like this is the Rogan esque show, and so you just have these different variations. It's it's more like spinoffs and actual shows anymore, and they have the same sponsors and just like great. You've all you did was re- recreate radio without a budget, and you know with less talented people running the equipment yeah. and so you just ruined it again you put like this beautiful example so i like the independent ones and i like uh i don't know if he's on a network but the only one that's kind of really popular on that note that i still kind of will go over the moon for is doug benson like doug douglas yeah. movies i don't know if he's on no, a network but not. yeah that guy rules like i like he does yeah, and he does some of those sponsored doug hates candy rappers popcorn kernels in his seat there's still not one that he won't see because doug yeah um i started too high and i could never get to that <laughs> so i just gave up it's like when you try to sing take on me and you realize like oh shit I, no there's no way i just got to give this up uh, no, I love that show because it's not network based and it's got the same reads. He does do Sherry's Berries or MySpace and that. What's it called? Squarespace. But uh, it's fine because you can hear it in his voice that he's he's doing the read as they're giving me money now. I'm reading this. Not 
I'm putting my soul into this read and making it like, oh, I'm really convinced by this product I don't use. Doug's like, yeah, they're making me read this, so I'm going to read this to you now. And if you use the code, they give me money, and then I have more money. Okay, back to you, me. <laughs> yeah. I still, yeah, I mean, I just want you to, like, I like your head, I like your head in it about ads. And my other thing, and this is where I have dropped the ball, is I think instead of wasting your time talk, give, doing ads for other people's shit, push your own. Yeah. But I still haven't set up the website infrastructure to do that yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I did that for a while, too. And for, like, when I put the, so I put the book out last year. I, I put a book out three years ago of poems and short stories. And I sort of started the show because of that. I was doing a lot of poetry reading on the show when it first started, just to try to get used to being in front of a mic again and maybe get back into a poetry community. And it evolved into whatever the hell show it is now. But when I put the new book out, I, I sold pretty much the copies I was going to sell to my audience after two three months and after a while it's like I, you can't keep pushing the same product yeah. because it's it's people say oh no you need to talk about more on the show and i try to like if it works if it if works into the, yeah into the conversation that's fine like if it works that periphery by alex boland available on amazon works naturally into the conversation i'm fine bringing it up but uh it's you can't keep doing it i so saw then, something you know, out of that quarter of my eye yeah <laughs> it yeah. was almost in my yeah. periphery. Hey, you know, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, yeah, there's, it, it, it gets annoying. So the same way people do the, I used to do the, for the love of God, leave, uh, leave iTunes comments, uh, which every show does. And then after a while, I realized my audience is getting annoyed at listening to me because after three months, they've all done it. So until I get, you know, a, I don't know, a 25% increase or, you know, turnover rate in the audience, all I'm doing is annoying people. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, basically, I guess what we're saying is we're fucked in every single way possible. At the same yeah, yeah. time, though, at the same time, if you if for the ones who haven't done it, yeah. the only fucking way they're going to remember it is if you say it over and over again. I tried to what I, I think a lot of people don't understand, too, because podcasting is one of those kind of mysterious things where it's we feel like it's completely inundated. And every now and again, I'll run into people that go, what the fuck's a podcast? You know, it's it's weird because we live in the world that this is so common, but it's literally a shade over to our right or left. There's people that have literally never heard of a podcast. Or they'd be like, oh, that thing that Adam Carolla does. Like, oh, I've heard, you know, or something along those lines. The pioneer of the internet. Yeah. Who came to the podcast game three years after it started. Yeah, I don't know where he got that because I was listening to podcasts before, like, not before he was popular, but, like, before he had any of that moniker, there was a lot of other shows around. And somehow... Podcasting happened in 2005. That's when the RSS feed was created. Yeah. And uh, Podcast Alley and all that stuff. And it was 2008 or 2009 when he started. Yeah, because I feel like he started, and I know Kevin Smith gives Corolla credit for, like, kind of getting him going, but I feel like that was, like, two weeks later. I mean, it wasn't... Yeah, it no, they started, like, almost the same time. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't a new thing, because I remember when podcast first came out, there was a... There was a uh, it was either, like, Slashdot or one of the big websites from that day. Well, Slashdot was probably in the fucking 90s, but whatever. Whatever the famous... Whatever big website there was for tech at that time had a, had a podcast. And I, not I don't even think I knew how RSS feeds. I went to the website every week and downloaded the episode, yeah. and that was before you know this, and that was before Corolla. Like there certainly wasn't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know why he got that that moniker, but I also don't particularly like his show. But I haven't because I only of, found it recently. I so. think it, I think he gets that moniker because he does have a good booker. Oh yeah, and so all the famous people, that's the first podcast they've done. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And so yeah. enough of the famous people who are in the media are to, on the media talking are going to say, like, didn't Adam Carolla start podcasting? Yeah. Even though he had to beat Ricky Gervais's record? 
Yeah. Well, the Ricky, to be fair, was BBC Radio. So that oh, was really? More, I didn't know that. His original show was on the radio. Because I, uh, I never heard it until it was they animated it. Yeah. Oh, you know, I've never seen the animation. I found a, When I found out who Ricky was, like, um, I don't even know when that was. You know, whenever the hell he started, started to get popular in the States, I found a torrent of his original. So it was him, Steve Merchant. And uh, Carl Pilkington was the uh, engineer in studio. That's how they met him. Oh. He, was, he wasn't like a personality. He was he was a guy running the board or something. And that you, makes could, sense. you could hear the episodes where it's just Ricky and, and Steven. And you're like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? And you can actually see, not the character build, because the first time he's on mic, it's Carl. Like, it's yeah. not a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually him. And it's funny. Like, you see them get to know him. Yeah. And, and as like the growing awareness of the gold that was dropped in their lap, uh, you know, as the show goes on. It's quite fun to listen to. But that was, yeah, that's BBC. But BBC's been doing all of their shows are podcasts now. Like, I listen to uh, In Our Time with Melvin Bragg. It's this roundtable smart person show. It's mm. like this, I don't know who Melvin Bragg is other than that show, but he gets people that are like, oh, this is a professor at Cambridge. This is head muckety muck at, at Smartyville University. And they're like, all right, we're going to talk about, you know, the, uh, the, the, the Parthenon. We're going to talk about, you know, just this rent or fifth century belief in this. And they do an hour on it. It's a brilliant, smart show. Mm-hmm. Also great to sleep to if you don't feel like paying attention, <laughs> which those are my favorites. Where if you want to, if you want to focus, you're there. If you don't, oh, it's just a beautiful white noise. But that's BBC just directly goes to their feed, but it's their, their radio content first. And that's where Ricky came from. You know? My three inspirations were Red Bar Radio because he was a one man guy. He's not a celebrity. This is he started doing this, and that's all. And he lives off of it in an overpriced condo in Chicago. Yeah, and the cost of living in Chicago is way more than here. Yeah, and I've got a wife who makes most of the money, <laughs> so all I have to do is get like five percent of what he's got, and I'm fine. Oh yeah, be sad. Uh, Kevin Smith, because though I love Red Bar, Kevin Smith, I'm more of a Kevin Smith type. Like I like most people. Let's have fun. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to make fun of people. <laughs> though I am <clears throat> I may possibly start delving into that. Um <laughs> uh but but and then my third one would be Craig Ferguson. Oh, I didn't even know he had a podcast? No, uh, I I really love his late night show. Oh no shit. I, I hate uh, late night shows. Uh, I like his because I feel like his is the most loosest. Yeah, I've only the bits I've heard I've liked. I saw the I listened to him talk about his father in one little clip. I was like, wow, that's some powerful stuff on broadcast TV. You know, I feel yeah. like people shit on him, and everybody loves Team Coco. But honestly, I'm bored with Conan. Yeah, I was the only reason I was Team Coco, uh, which is an awful term, is that Leno hasn't been amusing to me since <laughs> ever. I mean, he's never been a and like I get why he's there. I get he's comforting to the Midwest. I understand. Well, he's wh- gone now. Yeah, but I understand why the the Coco him battle happened. But the fact is, I love I love Conan a hundred times more than Leno. That doesn't oh, mean I yeah. actually want to listen to Conan all that much. Yeah. It just means in the choice between the two, it's uh, Leno is just. I'm sure he was funny in the '80s, and he hosts a good show. But I gotta know. see this old Leno. I heard he is the fucking shit. I, yeah, I, I've seen clips, and I'll tell you the truth. It, enough, it didn't really speak to me at all. It was just... Because comedy yeah. and everything else. You, did you listen to that podcast? It's nah. sort of defunct now. But it's, it was Jimmy Dore and Todd Glass. Oh, no shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love the Todd Glass That's show. how I got in, in, introduced to Todd Glass. Oh, that's awesome. We've mm-hmm. talked. I like him way better as a co-host than a host. 
Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. But Todd was the only... I did my uh, 100th episode spectacular, you know, 60-whatever episodes ago. And I, the random shows I decided to write to to see if they'll give me a sound clip. And Todd... And unfortunately, I kind of ruined his show for a few months. Because I was the first one that did the, hey, can I have a shout-out? It's my 100th. So he did a... Him and... I forget who else was in the studio. Somebody we'd know the name of. Did the, oh, the Alexcast. I love that show. 100 episodes. And they did, like, you know, 30-second sound drop for me awesome. on their show i was like what a fucking good idea by the way guy. never would have thought to do that well i felt bad because he's like now everybody did it after me it's like <laughs> i started the shitty trend i'm like oh i kind of fucked up todd's show like i feel a little bad about this but you know fuck it i got the clip but yeah i love toggle i i find him hilarious if he has somebody in studio that can keep him a little bit online because he he gets Jeez. a little i like the add it's fun to me but he does get a little add plus gets in a loop like when he finds a sound clip he wants to play he does the he plays it that's funny he plays it too much that's not funny now he's played it too much that's become funny again but then he keeps going and someone needs to tap him and be like okay you've done the circuit let's we need to fix this now todd but you know he's a great second mic or third mic or you know sniper in the corner i thought i just had going back to the network thing because I've, i thought about networks too because the whole point of the network was is uh, like sort of pool your resources and get more listeners together as opposed to individually. Yeah. But the only problem with it being nobody's like us, no offense. No, no. (laughs) I don't, with now that podcasting has blown up to where it is, at least right now, where you have your Todd glasses and your Adam Carolls, like there are so many like top 10 shows out there that again, have a fucking staff. So yeah, they probably are in certain ways going to be better than our shows. Like, there's only so much time in the day. Yeah. So after they listen to their you know, top three shows of iTunes for that day, are they going to have time to try out six nobodies? Yeah, this is a part. Well, what you have going for you, and I have it too, and uh, uh, this is something that's been brought to my attention. Thank Christ you have it, is we have good audio. Yeah. Most shows don't. The first two years, I didn't even promote the show. Yeah. Because I didn't. I thought it was this was going to be $6,000. Oh yeah, yeah, and and so like I was like, you know what? There's no fucking way I'm going to be able to sound good. So I got my one Yeti mic that we're all huddled around talking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just concentrate on being uh, uh, coming up with content and format. And then when I actually looked it up, and my wife had some money coming in, I was like, we are going to invest. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's a, it's a smart investment because I I have so many people come back to me after trying another show and just be like you've spoiled me like because mm-hmm. it's it's that my level of a show you know like the x whatever number of listeners like you can kind of you sniff it out where it's like oh you're not that show that no one's heard of you're that show that uh, maybe I've seen your face somewhere like once I, like once pretty much every time I put an episode out I'm on Stitcher's What's Hot the front page shows up for a few minutes and there's like a certain level of show that kind of you go there not that that's not a bragging thing it's just a there's like this algorithm and I just I whatever that that number is I just crossed that line and there's we're all right there but if you go just slightly below there's a lot of bad audio and that'll chase people away because they'll be next to you on that list mm-hmm. and then you click over and it's like hey guys me Alex welcome to the show the next one over is like yeah to make to, to make money for the show I've th- I started renting out the studio that's actually why we couldn't get together yesterday Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, is because someone wanted to, and then they ended up canceling on me. And yesterday would have been a much better day. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, is like, uh, I do have these comedians who do want to start po- podcasts. They don't have the equipment. They want to use the microphone from their laptop. Yeah. And it's like, 
why don't I take advantage of you only doing 16 episodes yeah. and pay me studio time money? Uh, and uh, that's how we're going to get those two pieces of equipment that we talked about before the show uh, is by doing that. But, yeah, there are a ton of shows out there who don't like – and I couldn't do it. And I was aware of that. So I just didn't tell every, I Like, I waited, you know? Yeah. Because it is too easy. Yeah, to get any kind of, yeah, that's the thing about podcasting. Like, well, it's a free account. You set it up. You just talk into your computer and people listen. It's like, yeah, you do, but you're also making an ass of yourself because you're putting no talent out there on shitty equipment. It's, I mean, you've got your. That's got, when podcasts were audio blogs. Yeah, you've got, you know, a lemonade stand with lemonade spelled adorably backwards, but you're 35. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, I get it, Potomatic's easy, but we, you know, you got to step up in the big boy leagues if you want to actually, if you have a business card, your show has to sound good. It's mm-hmm. just that's the rule I come to. You know, it's yeah. funny. I didn't get business cards until I got the equipment. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Facebook had an offer through Moo.com or something where there was like, you know, 50 business cards for, I think it was just shipping. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of set up a studio, not the studio I have now, but it sounded good. It sounded better than a show of my quality, of my caliber. So I'm like, you know what? I will tell people about this. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm now okay allowing myself into the world with this. And I got to tell you, it didn't really do anything, but it, it's nice to have business cards because you know, <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever listened because they got one, uh, but it was nice to you know have that on me. You know? Are you like me, the self-loathing artist? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why, but this is the only thing that I can put out, think it's complete shit, but still keep plugging away. I'm the same way, yeah. I've, I give myself a lot more leniency with the show. Mostly, I've gotten over the years, the re- not the reason I started the show, the reason I kind of stuck with it is that over the years, I have a weird collection of friend groups that I end up stumbling into. And it's inevitably because they overheard me talking to someone. And it becomes like, you know, it becomes that, wait, what are you guys talking about? And then it stumbles on. And I realize that, like, oh, people like to hear me speak. Even when I'm fucking up. Like, if I'm drunk at a bar and I'm screaming about, you know, some dumb whatever nonsense nerd thing that, that mm-hmm. we're yelling at each other about, it seems to be that we end up getting a collection of people that listen. And I feel like if they're doing that in their real life, like actual real proper life where you could be going courting a lady or doing whatever you want to do at that moment, but instead you're spending it listening to me, I feel like that's given me permission to put out shows that, I mean, I don't put out shows that I think blow, but I certainly don't put out shows that I would put out as writing. Like, I don't put out crappy writing. It's just yeah. that's not going to happen. There's a self-respect. Yeah. yeah. And you, you've studied good writing, so you know what good writing looks yeah. like. And you look at yours, and you're like, no. I'm, and I'm the same with the art. Yeah. And, and But for some reason, I can... I mean, like, I... I mean, I've been depressed after a show, but I still put it out. Yeah, I've certainly... I had a few in a row that I kind of tanked, and... Uh, Again, I think yeah. it's that's why it's good to not just do solo shows. Because part of what it is is, like, out of respect for that person's time who came on the show with me. Yeah. Like, I'm going to put it out for them almost sometimes. Yeah. Unless it's just really fucking bad. And then I tell them, like, this is going to be bonus content for when I set that shit up. Yeah. <laughs> Only people who pay to listen to this are going to hear this. I I haven't done the... I mean, on my feed, I've got pretty much all the episodes up. Like, the first 40 or so aren't there. Just because the sound quality, it's... I would have to put too much effort into it to make it something that I want casual listeners to, you know, be aware of. But like, yeah, eventually I'm an yeah. archive. Yeah, I have them up. It's fine. Like, if somebody wants them, they they can listen to them. But it's just it's got to be someone that asks because I don't want somebody's first. To, like, the Alex Cast episode one is one of the most unlistenable pieces of crap that's ever been put on the internet. But that's just nothing to do with what I'm doing now, unfortunately. But some people do like downloading a whole run of a show and starting from from Jump Street and. 
I'm not particularly proud of episode 41 or whatever the hell it starts to feed on, but at least it sounds probably vaguely sort of-ish a bit like my show. I've been doing this thing when I remember to do it, so i got to remember to do it tomorrow. You know, on Twitter, they got the Throwback Thursdays, and it's yeah. a whole social media thing, Throwback. So I had the idea, I was like, okay, well, on Thursdays, I'm going to look up that date from previous years and see if I did a show on that date. That's smart. Yeah. And then I'll put it up and say, this is our throwback for Thursday. Yeah. And there was one week I went back and found the, sh- the one show that was done or closest to that day. Yeah. One that it did. And I was like, this is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, I all, I really sort of want to delete this altogether. Yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling very well. But I, I hold on to it for, for nostalgia's sake. It's nice to go back and listen, hear, hear what you were doing, hear what you thought the show was going to turn into. You're, you know, that kind of that growing process. But that's the same reason that I'm not going to put pictures of myself when I'm, you know, acne riddled and, and all, you know, tripping over everything when you're whatever, you know, 13 years old. Yeah. That's embarrassing. There's no reason to have that there. So there's well, a reason why I have a cartoon of me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the, hey, the Alex S logo is a smiley face. You know, it's yeah. I, I've I've recently started to go do, you know, live stream of the show. And that's only because basically I'm therapist orders of. of you have to stop hating yourself. Like, I hate what I look like. Mm-hmm. And th- it's been told to me enough times that, like, that's not a thing that you should keep doing. So you need to get over it. And uh, so part of the part of the kind of the work, again, self-loathing artist, part of the work is our, you have to allow yourself to be seen by the public. Now, I'm not at an avatar that's actually my face yet, unless it's a cartoon, which was my old one. Um, but I am at the every now and again, I'll do a live stream show. I'll be in black and white. The camera will be further away than I would normally want it from in general staging. I'm starting to allow that a little bit. You know? Do you know who I pick? I never, I didn't look up a picture of you. Do you know who I picture? What I, I had the picture I had in my head of I'm you. Not. Uh, do you watch Californication? No, I'm. F- I mean, I'm familiar with the show, but no. okay. Well, uh, All right. we'll go this way with it. <laughs> uh, George Costanza, but completely bald. Really? For some reason? No shit. And that's really yeah. funny. You showed yeah. up with a ponytail. Yeah. Because I pictured you like completely bald, glasses, button-up shirt. With a, with at least a sweater vest over it. No shit, khakis. That's awesome. Like I had a smart look to you. Yeah. Uh, again, I felt the NPR vibe because you do have like a very subdued energy to your voice. Yeah, that's good. Like I'm not critical. No, I'll tell you. Hey, NPR has been around for a long time. I'll take it. So that's yeah. why I say the rated R NPR. Yeah, I like it. It's if, if I was a professional wrestler, that would be my intro. Or <laughs> a manager. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway, yeah, hopefully people find this interesting. I like it when I'm listening to a podcast and they start talking about oh, I do too. inside yeah. baseball stuff. I, I love behind the scenes. I love like going back to Opie and Anthony. I love when Opie admits to his role in the show. Like mm-hmm. he's kind of bored up kind of guy, but he runs that show. Like he's got huge personalities in the studio with him. He's got fucking Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, and you know, whatever you believe in rest his soul, Patrice O'Neill in the same room together. And Opie manages to have that show run smoothly. That is, a, that is a genius. And you don't realize, at least not for, I didn't realize it until one day they started to talk about it. And it's like, holy fuck, you're right. Like, he's the talent in the room. Like, he's the, <laughs> it is. Like, how many radio shows can have? You can throw a bunch of really funny comics on together. But having someone that can manage that room, to yeah. keep that room in something people, listenable. Uh, people don't. Whew. People don't think about that. Yeah. Like, I have four mics set up all together, including my own. I don't really like to have that mic going. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a certain dynamics. A, you don't want an even number of people because two people will start talking to two, uh, the other. Like, you'll break off into two conversations. There's a possibility. Yeah. Three, I can handle because you're never going to be talking. You know, it's even if me and you are just talking, that person's still engaged in what we're talking about. Yeah. 
<clears throat> so you never want you don't want uh you know even number after two uh of people and then secondly like just there are sometimes where i have like huge comedians in here and like i mean like big personalities yeah and it's like i i can't wrangle them and it just sounds like shit yeah it's really that's a tough one when you have so you have a because you don't want to be a dick yeah but it's like dude yeah <laughs> i will mute you <laughs> I have with with the, some of the people I have on the show will have this issue of they'll be this is why I don't like more than well it's generally like one on one shows where they'll start talking to the other person and then move their face to talk to the other person like they'll just be dead right to the microphone where they're not talking into the implement that allows for this that's why I bought yeah that's why I bought headphones that's why I have a, a powered uh, headphones uh, amplifier like it's I put money into this so you don't have the ability. Yeah to turn away from the thing you're using to talk into and it still happens and it's so incredibly frustrating the good thing with comedians is they're usually mic aware that is very true but the other people in the room often aren't yeah. and uh also the the when you have somebody funny or at least somebody very interesting speaking and i've run into this before of where the other person that hasn't really spoken that much and isn't it as interesting as what's being said would start jumping in and it's like but He's telling a really heartfelt story about like his, his the passing of his mom. That's not the time for like this is a time where like notice that like I'm the host and I'm quietly I'm just gently allowing the story to happen. Maybe going oh well what and then you move on like let the, that's that person's time of the mic. Don't in the middle of you like oh yeah my mom likes stuff too. Thank you. That's you're really helpful. That's uh, the the you the speed at which you destroyed this conversation was wonderful and I appreciate it greatly. Uh. Let's take a break. I want a cigarette like a motherfucker. You smoke, don't you? Uh, no, I do not. I did for until I turned 30. When did you turn 30? Uh, three going on four years ago. Ooh. I just turned 33. Oh, well, happy birthday. You Didn't call- I? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Jesus. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, you caught up with the big man. Uh, real quick before we... Uh, go out to break first i want to let you know uh let you guys know a couple things of what's going on with the show uh first off i just sent out a mass email sort of like what you did with the hundred the hundred episode shout out thing yeah. uh we've got all the music we play on the show i have specifically like personally contacted through social media or, or another way and asked them if we can play their music the only one i didn't do that with is the ending song but that's because i it's too awesome. <laughs> Weezer's not going to give me permission. Um, anyway, I sent a huge email out to all the people who let us play their music. And uh, you can check all those guys out, by the way, by going to bcxradio.com slash music. And I've got all their links to all, everyone you've ever heard on the show. Uh, asking them to uh, do a new theme song for us. Because I'm sick of that theme song. It was thrown together. Uh, I don't know how to... Re- I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm still figuring out how to record voices. I definitely don't know how to record music. Yeah. And EQ such things. Uh, so hopefully we'll be getting a new theme song. If you uh, became a big fan of somebody by listening to the show, contact them and let them know that you really want to hear their them do a theme song for us. So maybe that'll help encourage people. It does. That's how I got my theme. Sherwin Sleeves of Adam's Motion in the Void, one of the best storytelling shows that it will ever exist. Mm-hmm. He made my theme uh, directly. I asked him and then one of uh, more than one of the audience got in touch with him as well. And yeah, it works. So exactly what you're saying. Uh, uh, real quick, the making going the back, the homecoming show got pushed back again to September. We were supposed to go in May. Wife hurt her foot. She couldn't fly. So then we we're going to go this month. Car fucked up, sucked a bunch of money. 
got to move it back to September. So you can look forward in September. We're going to have all the original co-hosts back on the show. Because, of course, I'm going to do fucking shows while I'm there. Why oh, yeah. I? Uh, also, too, look forward to Season 6. This is Season 5. Season 6 starts in September where we have co-host again. You, that might be something you 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 could be involved with. Yeah, I'd be in. I get as many uh, guest co-hosts and call-ins that I can wrangle in one single day, rotate them every hour, and I'll go until we go through the whole roster. Nice. Last year it was eight hours. Pretty good. <laughs> 17 co-hosts and, like, 19 call-ins. So... Uh, and also, big news, uh, I don't know, you know, you keep saying this number X shit. I feel like my numbers are shit, but I was very proud. Our biggest month just happened in June with 3,000 downloads. Yay! That was a big deal for us. 3K, huzzah. I have things in my hand or I'd be making clapping noises. <laughs> I should be doing noise. myself. Clapping so. noise with a Thank you to everybody who downloaded the show, gave us a try. Hopefully you come back. Hopefully you didn't listen, listen to the shows that depressed me later. Uh... And uh, that's it. I just wanted to give you guys some information on what's going on with the show. We're getting, you know, while we're getting behind the scenes, let's get specific to BCX. Uh, speaking of people that let us play their music, this is MC Oh My with the song Do You Think I'm Crazy from his EP Angel Confetti. You can check him out on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we'll be right back. You've been listening to BCX Radio, the podcast for fanboys. We're the life. Hi, this is Sharon Lacey, and you're listening to BCX Radio, the podcast for fanboys with a life. So, you know how you're, like, hanging out on Twitter, but you're just, like, posting stupid shit about how your dog just took a shit? No, fuck that shit. Just just look at BCX Radio. It's at BCX Radio. You can get up-to-date news about what's going on with the show, and so then you can figure out when we're doing bonus shows, having a good time, hanging out, being buddies, and we'll let you know on Twitter. We will let you know on Twitter. So, skip that whole thing where you're looking up all your favorite celebrities, and just look up a regular guy like D. Jacob Riles. Pretty much so, the website is Twitter.com forward slash BCX radio. Look that shit up on Twitter, nigga. You're listening to BCX Radio, the podcast for fanboys and fangirls with a life. 
Just found the show? Subscribe. Join us at Facebook, facebook.com slash BCX Radio. Like our page and subscribe to the feed. Share it with your friends. Join us on Twitter at BCX Radio for any funny tweets from Jacob or any updates you need for the show, like bonus show times or anything we do here at BCX. Subscribe to us on YouTube for an email update anytime we post a new video or show clip to share with your friends. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Even if you don't listen there, leave us a five-star review and maybe one day our little baby show will grow up and make it to the front page of iTunes. Ooh, you can subscribe to our RSS feeds. Anytime we post a new show or review, you can get it sent right to your smartphone or computer. And lastly, share, share, share. The biggest help you can do for the show is share it with your friends and let them know about this cool little show you found. We appreciate your time and hope you like what we do. From BCX, we thank you. Look, go on iTunes, search for BCX Radio. No, not the fucking workout music podcast. I don't even know what the fuck that's about. Why the fuck would you take the time to do a podcast and you're just putting fucking shitty dubstep on? No, we're the one that looks cool. We're the comedy podcast for fanboys with a life. Uh, hit, hit the... Hit the no, stop looking at that other one. Hit subscribe and then write a review. I'm sorry if you have to log in. Fuck off. Log in, leave us a five star review. So maybe one day we go on iTunes with the likes of Adam Carolla and what the fuck with Mark Marin. Leave us a five star review now. You're listening to BCX Radio, the podcast for fanboys with a life. And welcome back to BCX Radio, the podcast for fanboys with a life. I'm your host, D. Jacob Riles. For voice recognition purposes, I'm joined with... Alex of the Outcast. Hello. <laughs> and uh, that song we came back to is Dipper Came to Fuck. <laughs> uh, by our favorite big gay bear rapper, uh, Big Dipper, which you can get this song and all of his music at BigDipperJelly.com. He's amazing. Very nice. Have you? Uh, are you familiar with Gangsta Fag? No. Uh, Gangsta Fag is another uh, hardcore uh, gay rapper. Uh, his, his his hits include uh, things such as like uh, going into a house while uh, the family's gone and having intercourse with the husband. Holy shit! Wiping his bloody uh, thing on a teddy bear. It is very very much uh, graphic in its content. So wow, yeah. is that I, on iTunes? I believe it is. Uh, <laughs> I think he was actually on Rogan at one point. Again, this all came through uh, Opie and Anthony. Uh, um, uh, I everybody loves fucking Joe Rogan. I tried to listen to him when he first started, and he just annoyed the fuck out of me. If we go back in time a year, I would say I love. Now there is a level of annoyance I have with. It. Maybe it's just I'm tired of it. But mm-hmm. once things get popular, and it's not I'm try- not trying to be hipster holier than now. I know obscure shit, but. It seems to be once things get popular, the kind of tone of it changes. It's, yeah, well, yeah. it's not really about it being popular as much as it's about being like it's it's the show itself sort of gets a little lazy because they don't have to work as hard for it. Yeah, and you get rewarded a lot easier. You know, those stamps dot com or whatever he does when he's got you know a million downloads an episode. Well, that's thick. That's a lot of money. Like even just random person doing it, that's going to be a significant amount of change coming in. 
I'm not fine. What's his name again? Uh, gangsta Fag. Oh, Gangsta. Yeah, apologies to the using of the F word, but, well, he's the one that did it. <laughs> he, self, he self-identifies. He self-identifies, exactly. No, I'm not fucking... Oh, oh. No, Baby Bash, the game, Young Jeezy. I'm not finding it on iTunes. I'm going to look uh, on... I want to hear this. I'm always... Yeah, my uh, my my pronunciation might be... Maybe it is gangster, but... Um... <laughs> there we go. Uh, he wants it. Oh, he wants it. That's that's the kind of the hit song. That's the one about the uh, desirous husband who is looking at his his uh, his his member and saying, mm, "He does indeed want this." All right, only thirty. National Republicans okay. want ad. You fucking ad. Monica Webby in the U.S. Senate to vote for their. Agenda. I don't like how An thirty seconds has more. become acceptable. Well, at least it's not thirty seconds, but still, like you, uh, that skip should be on every single one. Yeah. Don't vote for Monica Webby. Monica Weeby. All right, so this is Gangsta Fag, hey, brought man. to you by Alex from the Alex Cast. <laughs> Let's skip ahead because I'm not going to wait for all this shit. This is scary. Yeah. <laughs> He's a scary, scary gay man. This isn't like Big Dipper at all. Big Dipper's fun. No, this is a scary, <laughs> scary man that will hurt you with his wiener. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you can tell. Like, I'm sort of interested on how he did i mean this wow <laughs> yeah it is it's intense the, the, that's not this is what i want That's fun. No one's getting anally raped or bleeding or well, slapped in the face with a dick. Well, it depends, you know, how 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 deep your bounce is, I suppose. I mean, <laughs> there could be abdominal injuries. I mean, you know, no no amount of perineum tears. Oh man. Uh, let's see here. Let's get into the show. God damn it. Let's get into what we promised to people. So this is TV shows. I, I heard on a recent episode that you said you're catching up on some TV. I am. I, I, I gave up on TV for a really long time because it, it stopped being good and they kept putting out piles of garbage. So I was like, I'm not going to watch that. But See, that's different than the norm. Yeah. Everybody would say we're in the middle of the, we're in the golden age. Now we are. But 2000 there a, post. There is a lot of good stuff, but there's a lot of garbage that poses as good stuff. But so I've caught up. Um. What's a show that you used to think poses is a good show? I shouldn't say, uh, poses is probably a strong term, but there are shows that have the guise of quality, but it's... Uh, I don't think that's a bad way to describe yeah. it, because I've heard other people talk about that. Well, I would say, like, Rome, which is no longer on, but yeah. which I, I enjoyed, but it was trying to fit the mold of the serious mm-hmm. HBO drama. Um, well, this one doesn't really count because it went downhill, but Dexter was the same way for the last X number of seasons, where it was... Yeah, really. 
kind of just going through the going through the motions of a decent show. I've been yeah. telling people to try Hannibal. Han- I love Hannibal, but and surprisingly <laughs> enough, NBC makes a show more graphic to me than Dexter on Showtime. Yeah, I uh, I love Hannibal, but not because it's quality, but because of it, how over the top ridiculous it is. I enjoy that on a on a Adam West Batman level where this is just absurd. Like, I mean, obviously they're not the same content wise, but the, my biggest the, problem with the show is all of this happens in one area. Yeah. And it's the same people every time. It's just, it, it's would be the, the easiest crime to solve ever, but yeah. everybody involved does, it doesn't do it, but the acting's really fun. It's shot. Gorgeous. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous beautiful. or pretentious. What do you think? I'm going to go with gorgeous on that one. It really, it, it, it looks like 35 millimeter. Like it, it's got a deep, it's what I was talking about with, uh, with guy on my show last night, true detective has that same thing where it's, there's like that kind of film depth to it. I know true detective was actually filmed on actual proper, you know, celluloid mm-hmm. and it's got that it just, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Like it's got that depth to it that a lot of shows now kind of give up for the high definition. You know, I don't know what the actual terms for trade are, but that kind of old cinema style versus that really crisp, you know, popping HD thing where I think kind of looks shitty. Like it just, it makes everything look like a font. Yeah. I Yeah. Yeah. I've talked about this. Like I, I like the big, I like that TVs now are thinner and they're bigger. Yeah. Like you're, you're a piece of shit. If you got a 32 inch, your main TV now. Yeah. Uh, which I have right behind me. <laughs> I've got like a 20 something. So I just, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like nowadays, like 40 something, that's the norm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but growing up, you know, a 40 inch Zenith would have been, you know, two months pay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm saying like, I like, I've always liked big and I've like, um, big and I mean, I, I'll take a projector. I don't give a fuck. I just want yeah. big and sound system really brings me in. Um, this whole HD bullshit where I can see every pockmark and the movement so fucking weird. Yeah. Like, it just weirds me. I don't want to look through a window into another dimension. Like, I just want to watch TV. It's starting to look like the old um, English, the PAL format. It's starting yeah. to look like that, where it's like almost got this this General Hospital 1987 feel to it because it's so HD. That it makes it's it worse to, look, to me. I, yeah, I don't like it. There's some stuff that works. Sports, I think, looks amazing. Sports like, is, yeah. I'm a hockey fan. HD hockey is fucking awesome Mm -hmm. but any show just any show it doesn't look good i mean unless you need to put a spaceship in okay cool then it probably fits really well but if you're Mm -hmm. just watching actors walk near each other no i need a blur i mean that's what joss whedon did with firefly that made the special effects with the spaceships look good is that there was a blur to it there was motion to it there you like you made it look shitty just like you made people look shitty you know what i'm saying like uh, that's what makes it more realistic. D- dumb it down. Yeah. Like bring it, smudge it down. Grunt. You know, if you look at a uh, cosplayer, the person who you know has this bright, shiny Superman costume, as opposed to the guy who actually aged it and put the the dry brushing where the muscle tone goes, that's going to be the better one. I mean, bring it down, and that makes it more realistic. Yeah, because we know this doesn't exist. And people love numbers. Like HD came in and was like, oh, the definition's X. Now it's moving to what's it? Twenty four. What's the what's the new thing people well, are getting? It's K. Yeah, whatever that whatever that number is that everybody's 4K. going a four K, yeah, four thousand frames per second. Great, I'm, I'm I'm that's wonderful if you're a hummingbird, but we're, yeah. we're humans. It doesn't it yeah. does nothing for us. It doesn't register. Yeah, people just like. In fact, as te- people bitched with the Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, because that was shot in four K. Yeah, and people said the sets look like sets. Yeah, the um the the frame rate on that one because that was four K and there was that other thing too where it's uh, seventy frames a minute, uh, seventy frames a second. Sorry. Where it's supposed to be, that's one actually much more natural to the human eye to pick up on, but it was more expensive, so they went with 35. But um, the 70 frames, apparently people thought it looked weird because it looked real. Like, 
it actually looked like real life, mm. which people keep saying they want, but no, you don't. You know. Well, that's the same thing with the fucking CGI shit, which I don't get. Like, I don't that uncanny. Yeah, the uncanny valley. Uncan- yeah, yeah. yeah, I almost said crescent. Yeah, <laughs> uncanny that works. Like, yeah. like a uh, a specific a movie I thought I didn't wasn't gonna like. Uh, Mars needs moms. Oh, I didn't see that one. That got a lot of backlash because it looked too real because they did motion capture like the fucking Avatar. Yeah. Uh, but I liked that. It, like, I, I just enjoyed it looking real. Like, yeah. but people get freaked out like they're looking at dolls. See, I'm fine with it looking real for that. But if it's something real that already exists, like, I don't want to see you look real on TV. Now, your robot friend, that's fine. <laughs> but I know what you look like in real life. It's never going to be perfect. So I like there being a cinematic aspect to it. Like, mm-hmm. that's why, you know, noir movies look that way. It's because those cameras sucked. Yeah. Like, that's why they set shots up like that. That's why what we think looks... The dark shadows. Yeah, it's because that's the the way they had to do it. And it became beautiful. Like, you you know, you found a way to make it into art. Now it's just everything that is hyper real. There's no directing. It just goes, all right, let's just put on a camera that way. Everything's in focus with the new lenses. So we can just figure out how to shoot the scene later, you know, mm-hmm. that we can change. Fo- and it's just, it leads it to be this, it's really great kind of a, a documenting life on a film set, not making a film. Because you're not bringing art to it. You're bringing, uh, just documenting the, ass- documenting what's going on. Yeah, I used to be a movie. I used to be a movie guy where I'd see every movie that came out and then and never watched any TV shows. And then The Sopranos and then shows after that that I kept kept glomming onto. Like now I'm totally a TV guy. I have to I have to take time to go catch up on. I just finally saw RoboCop. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Which is something you know that's it's it's sort of something we talked about on the last show where we were talking about. I was just talking about how like. I, I find myself less inclined to behold someone to um, a, a participation, a must participation list in current pop culture. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many facets and there's so much coming out. I mean, that's what I brought up Roger Rabbit. Like back in the day, if you hadn't seen Roger Rabbit, I'm like, you haven't seen fucking Roger Rabbit? What's your fucking problem? Yeah. But now, when would you have time? Yeah, there's touchstone when, things. Yeah, yeah, when would you see it? I don't think those touchstone things exist anymore. I think it's so. I think they exist, but they're so fucking personal that no one else knows what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, the thing also is that what used to be kind of what used to be spectacular is you know we're, we're kind of talking about this outside earlier during the break is that like the term nerd used to have a specificity to it. So when a nerd thing became popular, it became this thing that everybody had to see. Wait, mm-hmm. lo- you know, uh, Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes, and some Disney characters combined in a film, real life, plus cartoons, everybody's got to see it. Uh, new Star Wars, which, although terrible, it was a thing where everybody yeah. had to see it. It was, a- But now, because nerd stuff is popular, they're making big-budget, nerdy comic book movies to be just big-budget movies and tricking us to watching what would be 10 years ago... Uh, a Die Hard or a well, Die Hard's too good, but you know, just any given yeah, action yeah. film. But we're getting tricked into it because our favorite Marvel superheroes are in it. So we were kind of in this weird spot where our, touch, our ability to have touchstones has been destroyed by the stuff we like getting popular to the point that it's not the stuff we like anymore. And I still like it, yeah. but it's not. You know, well, I think it's the nicheness of the media. I think it's the internet. Yeah, though good and awesome, I think is also breaking that apart into its own tribes. Yeah, but I still think you can get something that's 
not universal, but something that still is, you can Mainstream. be surprised you haven't seen it. Like, I didn't watch Avatar for a while because I just thought it looked stupid. But there are, yeah, the list, there are, there, the list still exists, but it's very, it's smaller. Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting, you know, you I, have to see, I, that's what I told yeah. you. I fucking hated Avatar, but I'm like, you got to fucking see it so you know what people are talking it was, about. Yeah. And I, I don't think the list is actually smaller. I think the list appears smaller because there's so much more stuff right now. Because mm-hmm. there's very few, it's, I think the same amount of movies that came out between now and, 2004 would be the same as came out from 84 to 94 that are the the films that you go wait you seriously haven't seen pulp fiction like that that level of surprise there's probably the same amount of films now it's just that there's more films more tv more quality being put out or more quantity being put out that you kind of don't realize that yeah it used to be five films a year and there probably still is five films a year but now there's 109 movies a year instead of 50 something now there's well just like with podcast the indie movement yeah they're not really indie yeah you know, Fox Searchlight still giving you two million dollars. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, <laughs> the, indie, the indie movie concept is kind of interesting, where it's just like, no, that's just a lower budget studio film. Yeah, that's yeah. not. You know, it's Fox, like the Fox, the the one from all those movies. That Again, are, <laughs> to give credit to Kevin Smith, I mean, he's he's actually doing it. Yeah, I mean, I'll 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 see when it comes out. I mean, Tusk. I get, yeah, I get, I I liked the religious movie. What was it called? Red, Red State? State. I liked it. I didn't not something that i'm gonna revisit anytime soon but i was like oh that was cool like it was a fun experiment i thought the the first act was kind of terrible but it was fine like it was perfectly serviceable film but i remember listening to that smodcast where he was talking about tusk was that a smodcast or was it? yeah that was smodcast right? it's pro- yeah, yeah. It one part of the network we want to talk about shows. oversaturation yeah. but when he was God talking about damn. that when he goes oh this would be great to have an idea i the thought runs through my head of man kevin is so fucking high that he thinks this is a good idea to make this in a movie and i think a lot of people have that thought and now it's he's made the movie that's fine, good for you for independent film, but also that I don't want you, you shouldn't be the one carrying this banner anymore, sir, because you just made a movie about a dude in a walrus costume. But again, we'll see. Yeah, yeah it might be great. I should I shouldn't be saying it. There might. I mean, like with the I don't know. He, even though he's doing it completely independent, like I think he ra- didn't he raise the money himself. I mean, he wasn't investors this time, right? Because Red State was still investors, but it was just yeah. a small amount. I think this one was. You know, I, I honestly did don't he crowdfund know. this one? I think he tried to, but I, I think maybe the distribution went to an actual company. I don't, you know, mm. I don't. Anyway, remember. I kind of stopped listening to him for a while, not because of I still enjoy the show, but he's one of those guys that I need to take a break from for a few months to like refine the humor. You know, oversaturated. Yeah, because me too. And this is one of the inspirations for me to do this. I love his shows, but they're very formulaic. And like, yeah. I love Hollywood Babylon, but like, I I'm probably the three months since I've listened to an episode. I went back in, and it's the exact same show. There's no new jokes. It's the same thing. It's about a year for me. Yeah. that Don't bother. It's the same show. So I want to give it more because I like that show. It's just I've already heard that episode because you've done it a couple hundred times at this point. The only ones I will always listen to Smodcast. Yeah. Because that will always be the heart of all the other shows. Yeah. I think if you do see that similarity and that through line through the other shows, it'll start at Smodcast. Uh, and uh, Fat Man on Batman. I gave up on that one, but that's only because I, I am – a. I'm a Batman fan, but not in this room. I would not be. So there's, <laughs> I, I do enjoy it, but there's a certain amount of like I heard the ones I want to hear already, and it's like I do like Batman, but there's I don't like it enough to listen to you know every every time they put an episode out. Did you I you know talking about him coming up with stories? Did you hear the one with him and Paul Denny, and they came up with Shadow of the Bat? Uh, no, I don't think I listened to that one, actually. Yeah. It was, like, right before Gotham was announced or something yeah. like that. And he they came up with a teen drama 
that takes place around Bruce. Oh no shit! Oh wow! Call yeah. and they they and I thought Shadow of the Bat was a fucking perfect title yeah. for it because that's a title of a of a of an old uh, old bat right there. Oh yeah, or Legends of the Dark Knight. Yeah. No, that's not it. Anyway, Shadow of the Bat was when I was good. I was going with it. I, I was literally trying to do radio. Like, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing. This is why at. I need to take improv <laughs> classes so I can yes and myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Shadow of the Bat was when uh, they would go back and just tell uh, out of continuity, but it's older continuity yeah. Batman story. Like, I just want to tell a Batman story. I don't want to have to deal with anything that's going on. Where can I do that? Shadow of the Bat, you know? And so that was, that's perfect to go back and tell a, a you know, a teenage Bruce st- story. Yeah. And then everyone's, that, the, anyway, you should check those out. They're really good. I'm pretty sure it's in the description. Yeah. No, I, I kind of, I forgot Paul came back on because he, he was on earlier and I enjoyed him. There's, there's a few people like uh, when um, uh, Grant Morrison was on, I was like, oh, this is this is brilliant. Like this is I will listen to it when he comes back. And then I didn't before. I yeah, know that's what I hate about something like I listen to you made it weird. Yeah. And like I hate um, who's that chick who had her own show and then it got canceled. Whitney Cummings. Yeah. I hate her. Oh, yeah. Then I listened to her on you made it weird. And I'm like, God damn you for being a real person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the same thing with Grant Morrison. Like as a as a uh, comic book fan, he either hits great, he, he's peaks and valleys, yeah, and his valleys are so bad, yeah, that I was just like, ugh. And they're more often to me than his peaks, and so I'm just like, ugh. And then I listened to that, and I was like, oh, I really like some of the ideas you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> and if you had gotten that through your writing, I probably would be more of a fan of you. But you just seem crazy. Yeah. I, well, the thing I like about him, and, and not to not to weird you or the audience out, but like he and I practice kind of a, a similar magic tradition uh, on my you know my weirdo spiritual side, and it was weird to hear him talk to Kevin Smith about it. Because it was odd. Like I'm, I'm, I grew up in New Jersey. Like I'm, I'm from right by Kevin. Like I've been, oh, to, yeah. you know, I was, I was to the stash. Red know, Bank. Ago. Yeah, I was, I was more north of there. But yeah, I'd been in the store back when it was in the old location. Like it was, you know, so it was weird to hear him talk about. It. I'm like, oh, what a weird journey this is. It's like I'm kind of in the other spot now. Like where I, I should be having this conversation with you. And it was just this really fun kind of. I don't know, kind of circular thing to hear him talk about it. And also, you never hear about this. You know, you never hear about Chaos Magic and on podcasts, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you do, but they're all really... By the way, if you ever want to hear really bad audio, look for anything to do with the occult in a podcast. None of them know how to turn a fucking microphone on. <laughs> what a... What, I seriously, I would say this right now. There's no podcast operating right now that has better sound quality than mine that talks about the occult because you all suck at it. It's, <laughs> holy shit. Like, I can't even listen to it. By the way, remind you, didn't get this equipment because I thought it cost as much. It costed a ton. His microphone was fifty dollars. Yeah, beautiful. I, <laughs> I got a, I got a set of three mics from a fucking pawn shop that that essentially you know Shure eighty whatever's you know like the standard vocal mic for one hundred and twenty bucks. Sounds fine. Sounds like any other good show if you have a mixer and you know how to put your mouth somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I can bring this up because it's in my cartoon. I do, I, and I've talked about it on the show. I do love it when people, when new people walk in and they see these arms, these boom arms. Yeah. And I think that's what sells them on the whole studio. Yeah. No, this does add a layer of, it's odd. Boom arms does have a layer of professionalism because it's, you don't see them in real life. You know, yeah. <laughs> you see goosenecks on, on stages. You know, you'd see, you know, the other ones are in the world. These are just, this is this radio. This is only yeah. radio. Yeah. That's why I, when I, we were looking up the equipment, I was like, I've got to fucking, I'm not going to feel radio yeah. until I get these things. Yeah. And yet still people don't know how to use them. I'm like, just sit wherever you want. It'll go with you. Yeah. Move around. They they leave it there and they're just so afraid to touch it. 
Yeah, I'd, this is my my investment. Next is is the style of holders, but I, I my Nesk investment isn't anytime soon. So I don't. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we went right back into the the thing, and we're trying to. Kevin Smith does make me feel like a weirdo creep fan. Yeah, because I feel like I am Kevin Smith. I just never found my Scott Mosier. Yeah, because I'm an idea guy, and I've got I'm 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 the create I'm creative talent. My problem is I don't have a producer to come back behind me yeah. and do the things that I come up with. Because I feel that's what Kevin does through all this shit. Yeah. He's like, oh, we should do that. That would be a great idea, don't you think? And then he finds someone to facilitate it and engineer it and make it logistics line up. Yeah. But I have to do that myself, and I suck at it. <laughs> this, is, this is my lament often. I, I've, I tried to get a producer for a while, and it didn't work out. Like, I've, I've tried this. I've tried to get people to book guests for me, which they made mm. attempts. And it just... It, it's we're on our own but yes i would if i ever found somebody that could do that side of it i could do the host job a lot better but i have to like make people show up i you know there's there's the list is too long and i'm also trying to write a fucking is the stream going is yeah. the cam working yeah and then i'm also trying to write a novel like yeah. i can't i i can't have this amount of creativity and then do the the bullshit work behind it like i managed to get a website made i've got everything set up all the episodes show up and it sounds good. I can't do more work than that. I'm done. You know, uh, we started this whole tangent because I was talking about TV shows. Oh yeah, we're in June. We're in the summertime. Everyone's out having fun, especially here in Portland. The sun's out. These motherfuckers go crazy. Yeah, I moved here to get away from that motherfucker. The sun. Yeah, the greatest terrorist. <laughs> uh, anyway, so there's a couple of shows that I missed because I didn't I didn't know what was going on. And uh, there's also a couple of shows that just that have just started because this is when because they know not a lot. This is the, the a low time of people watching. Uh, they just throw out the, they'll try out the pilots. This yeah. is the pilots. That they're not sure about. They'll throw those out. And so I caught a couple of those different um, shows and I wanted to talk about them first on the list. I didn't know what the fuck this was. Penny Dreadful. You heard of this show? Yes, it's been recommended to me. I was waiting for the run to end, which I guess it just did for me to binge watch it. Yeah. Uh, did it? Was that? The, was it only ten episodes? Uh, look, somebody said that to me, and I probably repeated it with slightly too much confidence. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I think when I read up on Wikipedia, it said they kept twelve. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe. But so. I could yeah. be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I'm also quoting a guy I don't remember who said it to me. So, did you did you read the book? Don't make the connections. Let me take you on a journey okay did you read the book league of extraordinary gentlemen the yes. comic book did you like it yeah i love that premise i love the idea of taking old literary characters and basically making a super an avengers yeah a justice league a super team out of these pulp characters i love that because i'm very nostalgic for old shit like the shadow i love the shadow almost as much as uh, batman there's just not a lot of shadow shit yeah i like the alec baldwin movie go fuck yourself <laughs> um Alec Baldwin in fact is my fantasy any actor any alive or dead any age uh fantasy casting of Batman young Alec Baldwin Yeah that would have been really great the time well passed but that would have been really Yeah great. yeah no no yeah, no yeah. not now yeah. I don't even want him for Dark Knight Returns yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um but anyway I loved so I loved that idea um and uh then the movie came out which, to me, I always equate that movie with the Sean Connery story, where he's like, they brought me this fucking script called The Matrix. I know what the fuck it was, so I passed on it. Yeah. yeah. $7 billion. $700 billion. Yeah. Then they brought me this Lord of the Rings shit, <laughs> wanted me to be this Gandalf motherfucker. I was like, I don't understand it. 
<laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> so the very next script he gets after seeing those two roles go, slip by him, because he was supposed to be Morpheus. I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. And Matrix. They're like, here's League of Story Jones. He's like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but I ain't missing it out again. <laughs> that pile of shit. <laughs> yeah. Which I didn't fuck. I didn't hate. Because you've got to look, guys. I'm a, I'm a huge comic fan, man. Look around you. Look at my fucking web art shit. Our album covers are now based off of old Marvel comic covers. Like, I'm into comic books. You gotta get over it. The adaptation is a different thing. It's a separate thing. In fact, one of the shows we're gonna go over, I watched the making of, and the author of the book that the show's based off said, look, they made changes. I don't give a shit. It's a different thing. Stop trying to behold it. So, like, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen wasn't even close to the book. Yes. But it still had the main premise, which was take these old characters, Captain Nemo, uh, Minnie Harker, uh, Alan Gornerman, and put them on a super team. I liked that. I didn't like Tom Sawyer, but I liked the idea. That's sort of what Penny Dreadful is, but not being connected to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And in fact, one of the things he did better in the book to me is they don't get together and call themselves the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Like, they just are a group of people who, if they aren't direct characters from literature like because there's dorian gray yeah he's a he's a character there's victor frankenstein and his monster um and there's draco mr hyde the invisible man but i'm talking about in the penny dreadful oh oh, oh i'm sorry i thought we were going back i i'm following penny dreadful <laughs> penny dreadful is likely extraordinary yeah. gentleman where it has either an archetype because they probably couldn't get the actual character that they wanted to like there is an alan quarter quartermain yeah basically a uh, British guy goes out on fucking safari and has adventures with the natives. Played yeah. by Timothy Dalton. Oh, really? And he does a really good job, yeah. So there is an Alan Quartermain. There's there's basically a Madame Xanadu. There's a chick who's possessed and is in tune with the spiritual realm. Then you've got basically a Wild Bill Hickok who... There is a twist at the end of the last episode that I did see coming. So he's more than just that. But uh, then you have the actual Dorian Gray, and you have, which I love... They keep showing scenes of him in his basement looking at a painting, but they won't show you what the painting is. And it's like, yeah, I know who fucking Dorian Gray yeah, is. Yeah, I wonder what that picture is of. <laughs> uh, in, in fact, he specifically was is looking at it and he keels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's Victor, you know, Frank, like I said, Victor Frankenstein and the monster. And so, like, it's really cool that they all come together in uh, turn of the century, turn of the nineteenth, uh, turn of the twentieth century. London, which I love that setting for some reason. I don't know about you, like the Jack the Ripper type yeah, I, style. I, I tend to give stuff a lot more credit if it's set around them than it probably should because I just it looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's set during that. It takes place in London, and all these characters come together. But they and they basically do form a superhero team, but they don't like they're not wearing patches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I actually really like it. Someone said that because uh, before I watched it, I'd heard about it, looked it up on IMDb, read the read the the summary interested for all the reasons i explained put a shout out says hey anybody watch this penny dreadful and someone said it's a little slow at the beginning i disagree i think it does a good job of putting the the story together and there are there are a couple twists that i don't see and i also like seeing how people i like i I guess another reason why i'm i'll uh, um allow for a departure and an adaptation is i my favorite sci-fi stories are the multiverse stories and the future stories like same character but 
how did like a redesign and like where did you yeah. go with it and that's interesting to me and so like yeah there's vampires are different in this one I'm not a super big fan of them but it's still interesting like they're trying and that I think that's important so Penny Dreadful I would say C Penny Dreadful alright you've convinced me I'm on it next is a comedy completely different uh, it's called Alpha House yeah. Hulu original now, uh, House of Cards came out. Did you watch House of Cards? I, I watched like the first two and then kind of tapped out. See, yeah. that's a show I've heard described. I like it a lot. Yeah. But that's a show I've described. As, I've heard described as faking a good show. That may be the vibe I got. I didn't watch enough for me to say that, you know, definitively. But, yeah, it, it did have that stink about it. It did just kind of sit there for me like, yes, you are doing the shots from other good shows. Yes, these are actors that would be in good shows, but aren't right now. See, I really liked the um, the Shakespeare sides, the fourth wall breaking. Oh uh, yeah, uh, that to me makes it different enough to where I don't necessarily agree with that. But I yeah. but I've heard it said, uh, and but also too, the person who said it says he doesn't like political dramas. So yeah, I'm, just, just I'm not a big political dramas guy either. So maybe maybe I'm, I'm, I'm painting. Uh, with too specific of a brush. Well, right after the first season of House of Cards came out, you know, Am- you know, Netflix original programming, Amazon and Hulu both have tried their best to do it as well. Yeah. And I had heard of John Goodman doing a show called Alpha House for Hulu. I thought it was a drama. It is not. <laughs> it's actually closer to uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine Nine. Was that the name of that show? Adam Sam Brooklyn Nine Nine Nine. It's a comedy. Yeah. It's about an hour long, and uh, it it'll take itself. Lightly seriously at some times. I think it's very well done. The premise is so you have all these senators who are from other states. Well, the, when Congress in se- is in session, where do they live? Oh, I see. Ah, yes. This oh, is a house yeah. of about f- of uh, four of them that live together as roommates. They're all Republican. So there is a little bit browbeating, overt r- Republican bashing, which. I, you know, okay, you're allowed to hate them, so that's easy. Yeah. Those are easy jokes. Yeah. I'm not saying I, I'm i upset that you're doing it Republicans. I'm just upset that you're doing it the same people that everybody else does it. <clears throat> but I do like some of the points they make with that, and I think the humor is really good. And the premise, too, is completely – I like it. No one has thought of that. No, I like it. They should have a spinoff Omega House. And then uh, when the Messiah returns, he will connect both of them together. Messiah being Barack Obama. And if you are uh, the same kind of comedy fan that I am, you will be sold on the show within the first 45 seconds by the cameo that you see. Oh, really? In the first 45 seconds. I like this concept. And if that guy puts his stamp of approval on this show... Which he also bookends with a cameo at the very, like, during the credits of the last episode of the season. Then I'm down with this show. Yeah, I like it. I haven't seen John Goodman in anything in a while, too. He's a good-ass actor. I love that doesn't, him. He doesn't... Somebody made, I forget who made this point to me. To, I'm not taking credit for it. But they said, if in the future the only films that we have left are Coen Brothers movies, John Goodman is the greatest actor we have. Like, that guy's... Barton Fink. Yeah, he's amazing. He's an amazing actor, except for all those other movies that aren't the Coen Brothers. You know? Don't talk shit about King Rail. <laughs> well, it wasn't specific. What other movie? I don't know what movies he's been in. Uh, well, he was, he was Fred Flintstone. Oh, uh, um, Santa does he count? Yeah. Uh, films. What films? Uh, well, he he was in Red State, which actually wasn't bad in Red State, but um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other ones. But either way, it's uh, more the Coen Brothers. Well, another good actor. Brother. I mean, granted, um, 
John Goodman made his bread and butter in TV. Yeah. Uh, so going back to TV is not a big deal for him. But one guy that going to TV is a whole new deal, John Malkovich, for the show Crossbones. Yeah, I watched the preview for that. I have a friend. She's been on the show a bunch. She came to visit us here in Portland. Angel. She is a big TV girl. She wanted to write for TV uh, for the longest time. And right now she does her own uh, TV uh, critique blog, uh, TV for Breakfast. Um, and she loves to get on to me about uh, not being – I'm I'm very partial to certain networks. Like I'll pull up a show info and I'll look for the channel that it's on. And if it's on USA – CBS, ABC, I immediately will not watch it. Yeah. I have not watched one good show. I can't think of any off the top of my head that I would have missed if any I had genre these rules. Yeah. That, uh, that, that has been good. And she will also tell me that I should give a show three episodes. I think that's good advice, but I don't have the time to do that. So I, That's yeah, my yeah. point. Yeah. I'm getting caught up on these shows. Yeah. I gave Crossbone 15 fucking minutes. It sucks balls. The preview did not make it look like a good show. In the preview, did you see the part, the the, the mechanism they put together? Yeah. Well, that looks so fucking... It's just a bunch of clocks. Yeah, I don't really... Maybe that's kind of... Actually, that would, I wish I should have... I should have watched that, because that would be an example of... When I watched the preview for that... It stunk of, this is one of the shows that wants to look like a good show, but isn't. Oh, you know? NBC yeah. is full of those. Yeah. Every once in a while, like a Hannibal, because that's NBC. Yeah, that's NBC. They'll they'll do something good, but rarely. Yeah. Network never does well at dramas. Yeah, see, Hannibal's there got are like, exceptions. It's kind of like a dark comedy edge to it that, like, that's see, what you see watching. Camp. Not everybody yeah. watches it for camp. I, yeah, see, that's the thing is, I don't, if I had to take that show seriously, I, my opinion of it would be pretty different. Yeah. If that show was on, I think it looks good enough to be on HBO. Oh no, it looks beautiful, but there's some really dumb things happening there, and just some real like some giant leaps that I have to find the camp in it, or it's just like really you're running through a cornfield, and like there's just there's these there's a lot of like the, the Iris one, which not to give any spoilers, the Iris thing, it's just like I come the fuck on. And the silo. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's, I have to take that a little bit jokingly, or I can't watch this program. See Hannibal. Do not see Crossbones. So the premise of the show, first off, is John Malkovich is this ba- is supposed to play. It's supposed to be fucking Blackbeard. Now, to touch on Hannibal for a second, if you do watch Hannibal, just get Anthony Hopkins out of your fucking head. This is a different Hannibal. Yeah. Okay. This is what John Malkovich is trying to do with Blackbeard. Blackbeard, who historically, who's an actual person, who was an actual dude. You don't get to take new takes on an actual dude. At least not on the physicality. He's a big, burly motherfucker with a big-ass fucking beard. Not a skinny, waif, bald dude with a five o'clock shadow. Yeah. Like, and who talks slow as fuck. But the premise is Blackbeard uh, gives... The, the British Navy has this weird contraption that the people invented it. They'll kill just so the pirates don't get their hands on it. But supposedly it's like 1700 GPS. Yeah. But really it's just a bunch of fucking clocks in a circle. So like that part doesn't make sense. And the whole idea is the race. They lose it. Naval, the British Navy loses it. And so everyone's trying to get it, including the pirates. And the British Navy's trying to keep it away from the pirates. Yeah. 
but it's so fucking stupid and bad. Yeah, it looked pretty fucking terrible. And I'm glad you said that because at some point I may have like stumbled on it and go, ah, maybe I'll watch. I like Malkovich. And you I did know. save me uh, at least 15 minutes of watching because I, I don't know if I would have made it all that far into that one. I'm telling you, I gave a show 15 minutes on the pilot. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, now, here's a show that I don't know whether I like or not. It touches on some stuff that I do, I'm into. But I don't know. In fact, both of these shows I'm going to try. Now, these are shows that I'm not getting caught up on. These are shows that just released. Um, that is Dominion and The Leftovers. The Leftovers looks really interesting to me. I don't... I haven't watched it. I didn't know... Actually, I didn't know it was out yet, but the preview looks really interesting to me. The Dominion is on sci-fi. Now, this, by the way, is a channel owned by USA. Yeah. And it's hit or miss. Because let's not forget Firefly came out. Is it Firefly came on Fox or sci-fi? Fox. Oh, well, fuck the sci-fi yeah. then. <laughs> no, there's been a show or two on sci-fi that I've liked. Um, I like the one with the warehouse, 13. I like, like that. That's, like, it, it's good, but it's fun. Here's yeah. my problem with USA. And like I said, sci-fi is run by the same fucking yeah. people. Uh, and I've said this on the show. The film, like the film they use, the acting, the writing, the casting, it just falls flat. Yeah. Like, everything on USA just looks like cardboard moving in front of my face. The serious ones, I agree. But when there's a campy, like, the fun, like, the the, the one with the handsome guy that pretends to be psychic, whatever the fuck that's I called. I found it horrible. Oh, no, no, it's a horrible show. But, I mean, it's kind of watchable because at least it's, like, it's amusing and it's making fun of how stupid it is. It's like this 80s. It funny. Oh, uh, I don't think the jokes were funny, but the... I just, uh, <laughs> you have just... You, you, are you talking to yourself out of liking it? No, no, no. Not that I like it. No, no, not that I like it. I just like it more than I should. In the same oh. way as like Warehouse 13, where it's just like... It's just kind of like... It's it's that perfect level of stupid that I like, where it's just like... Or the the, the one where they're in St. Louis in the future, and the the, the, the main guy's Defiance. friends... Defiance. Where it's like... I wanted to like that. Yeah, it's fine. It's like, ah, the characters are you know amusing to watch. Like, there's nothing... There's no depth to this. So, so like, stupid. If you don't give it depth, it's like, oh, good. I get to watch people run around and act like fools. Like, this is perfectly fine to me. Speaking of aliens landing on Earth, you watch this show Falling Skies? No, I didn't. I, the... the Character design, well, not the character design. I Alien saw, design. No, the the human. I saw uh, one little spot of I guess it's the lead character talking, and I've never been more annoyed so instantaneously <laughs> by a human that I like I can't watch this fucking show. I was just yeah. bored shitless. I watched the first maybe two or one and a half episodes, and I was like, I have no idea what's going on, and I don't care. Whatever the lead guy is, he's got like negative charisma. Where like I stopped being as interesting by looking at. Is he the cool teacher from Donnie Darko? He might be. I haven't seen Donnie Darko in probably a decade, so it's... The science teachers are like, I can't talk about this. Yeah, it's possible. I uh, think that's the guy. Uh, Dominion, though, is sci-fi original. Um, it stars Giles from Buffy. Oh, is this the angel one? Yeah. Oh, that that looks very interesting to me. I, just, I at least thought it can't be fun level again. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. But I don't hate it. That's pretty much where we're at. Yeah. Like, I like... Um, I. You know, the big thing right now for sci-fi in general is to go supernatural with it. And this is a different... This is a supernatural realm that people aren't fucking playing with. And so that's why I'm enjoying it. I don't think the casting is very good. The guy they cast is the Archangel Michael looks like a, the... I could fucking break him. Oh, really? And, and I think Michael should be a fucking, like, a, look, almost Klingon. Yeah, he should be a battler. Yeah. 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 And I'm not saying this guy doesn't end up being a badass and doing some cool things. And there's some really cool angel-on-angel fight scenes already in the first episode. Um, but, like, he just he's, like, British and skinny. 
Like he looks like a he looks like Tom Hiddleston's third stand-in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, it's weird how they cast that. I think I know the fellow you're talking about because he was in the preview, and I like the concept. But yeah, I don't know how you'd buy that as these badass, you know. Oh, we didn't ne- explain the concept. The idea. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> the idea is like what 15 years ago, uh, the Gabriel, the angel, archangel. I think he's our, the angel Gabriel decides to lead a revolt, um, to take over the earth, to kill all the humans. He decides he hates them, and so uh, he gets the lesser angels in on it. And the only person, the only angel that stands up for the human race is Michael, the archangel Michael. And supposedly God is not involved. That's always where my curiosity. That's always where my curiosity. I just knocked the shit out of my mic. That's where my curiosity always goes is how, what are you going to do with God? And like always, I feel like it's almost like a a cheat is he's he's not around right now yeah so everybody's allowed to do whatever the fuck they want so the, uh gabriel's jealous of the humans almost like lucifer was and is going to take over the earth michael's the only one that stands in his way with a bunch of other uh humans and a chosen baby who is now like 25 years old and has these tattoos that's supposed to tell him what to do like prophetic tattoos he got oh. from his dad so there's some neat like <clears throat> here's my thing I think some shows and maybe it's because I read comic books so the medium's available to me I almost think some shows are would be better than comic because there are logic leaps, leaps in comics that you don't even think about yeah I'm just now starting to read into that shit and like sort of get annoyed by some comic books because the writing's so poor that I'm like wait a minute how did Batman get there and what is he doing how am I supposed to read this voice <laughs> Sounds like a yeah. wuss. That's why I can't read a lot of com- like I love comics, but <clears throat> I got to take it in doses because I'm trained as a writer. So if I read too many of them, those start. That's all I see yeah. are the giant like. Wait, that doesn't. How did you? This doesn't. You're dead, but that doesn't work. But somehow in this scene, you can do this power. But it, now that's the crux of it. In two issues later, is you can't. I don't understand. I know that was vague as fuck because I haven't read comics. <laughs> long enough. But I mean, like you know, in one of, in one, it would be like, oh, uh, Batman's ability to glide is, is is a factor of one. But then three issues later, it'd be like, but he can only glide point five. There's no way he'll make it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. no, you just you like literally. Did you not read the book? It was like two episodes ago. Uh so Dominion. I'm not going to say don't watch it, but I'm not going to say watch it yet. I'm still holding out, but I do want you to be aware of it. See what you guys think. Uh and leftovers. So. So this is an HBO show, which is the only reason why I gave it a shot because HBO, for the most part, is a hit. Yeah, they've they've got a really long sequence of really good shows. I'm I mean, sure there's some misses that I, I forgot. Oh about, yeah, but, no, yeah. there's some bad yeah, ones yeah. too. But like, I mean, and then you're, there's some that like I hate, but everybody loves, like True Blood. True Blood, that's I, a fucking cartoon. Yeah, I enjoy it, but not on any kind of. I would never tell anybody to watch it. In fact, I would recommend they don't. But I just, I, I, I like, I guess it's why people watch daytime soaps. Like, I, I find it, like, amusing to watch just something so bad. It's really fun. There are, like I said, there is a list of shows that you have to sort of watch or movies to stay in the conversation. And that's one of those shows yeah. for me. Like, I'm only watching to stay in the conversation. And you might think that's stupid or even super nerdy. But there have been plenty of times people on their show, I hate Game of Thrones. I hated Game of Thrones. I'm into it now. I mean, we're three fucking seasons in, and I trudged through all of them. Really? Huh. But uh, it's a bunch of proper nouns of people I don't know. I have no connection with. 
Yeah, I read the books first. I wonder if that that affected no, my ability yeah. to like it because I, I love the fuck out of that show. But I did read all the books first, so maybe it's a politi- yeah. and it's a political drama. Yeah, but it's a political drama in a world that I have n- I do not know anything about. So there's like there's no connection for me. Like I'm into fantasy and I like high fantasy a little bit, but it's not my jam. Yeah. Like it has to be really good. Like I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings guy, but I don't hate. It. Yeah, I'm that way too. It's just it's fine. You know, if it's on, maybe I'll look at it, but. Uh, no, I like I like I like I like Game of Thrones quite a lot, but I can do without. You know, it's just it's fun to it's fun to be there. What what the hell show were we, were, are we trying to talk about? Leftovers. Thank so you. leftovers. Evidently, there's a there's an event that happens where 25 percent of the population just fucking disappears. Yeah, and they don't know why. And from watch and I watched the making of. I don't know if they're going to tell us. They kept like doing a close up on Scott Glenn's crazy face while he's telling me about the Bermuda Triangle and Roanoke. Yeah. Where you just don't know. Yeah. And you're just not gonna. So it's more trying to be a drama just about the people left behind. And I don't know if that's going to be interesting enough. Yeah. I mean, but it does, it seems to be, you know, directly referenced the rapture. So I don't know how you're going to. They, I, it's, I know for a fact, I'm pretty sure that that's not going to be what it was. Yeah. Because they're playing with that. Yeah. Like a lot of it is people thinking it's a rapture and trying to prove that it wasn't the rapture because there were shitty people that got taken up. Yeah, I, I mean that just feels a little cheaty to me. You know, it's it's a little too much kind of bait and switch to get you in. I'm not I'm not a big. It might be good, but that seems a little cheating. Yeah, that's why I'm. That's why I like. I'm not out, but I'm not completely in yet. I'm giving this one a shot again. It held my interest through longer than 15 minutes. This I will give three episodes. Yeah, but you can't expect me to watch every fucking show. But the problem with three episodes is like there's shows that I've now fucked into watching. Like I watched Under the Dome. That show blows. I don't like it, and I keep watching the fucking thing. I don't know why. I think I'm attracted to Barbie. Like he's a really handsome guy. Like I'm straight, but there's something like I like looking at him. And it's just it's I don't like the show. And yet I keep fucking watching it. It's I I want to hurt myself. <sighs> Growing up as a Stephen King fan when I was a kid, it's almost just tradition to watch his many series. Yeah. <laughs> And I love how even they reference that it's a Simpsons ripoff. Oh, really? In yeah. the show. Oh, yeah, you're right. They did make that reference. Yeah. Uh, I almost felt like that. Was, this was – I almost felt like the producer just automatically was like looking at me going, it's not. It's yeah. not Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. They stole from us. Yeah. There's, we were first in the book that no one read and ever heard of before this in the Simpsons. But I'm sure people heard of it. Whatever. Anyway, let's play the game and get out of here. Sure. Let's play the game, do our plugs, and get the fuck out of here. We've done plenty of time. Uh, you bored yet? Me? Yeah. Uh, no. That's <laughs> <laughs> not a question I was expecting. This is a marathon show for Alex. Yeah. No, I, I know I've done plenty of long ones. It's just I, I'm terrible at um, ending things or moderately you know, trying to mediate my time. So I, yeah. No, I've done many, many multiple hour shows because just the topics kept landing at that exact spot that now it's an awkward time. So it's like, all right, rather doing an hour show or an hour and a half. Fuck, it's an hour 45. Now it's 2.07. Shit, I died just three hours. Hey, we're splitting two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, now we're going to play What Was That? Now, this is a segment, and I like to have jingles for segments, but I don't like to have pre-recorded jingles for segments. So by de facto, you're the only other person on the show. You get to be my jingle jangler. Oh, okay. So I'm doing a, a jingle for what was that? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I want to tell you just what that was, but I don't know. So what was that? 
All right, this is the game that we like to play the show. We like to end the show with a game. We don't always do it, but we mainly, we mostly do. And the game that I that's the easiest to play, especially for a first timer on the show, is a game called What Was That? What What Happens During the Show? It's a little improv uh, game where I give you a subject of a story to tell. I then set a timer for when you start talking for two minutes. Uh, uh, <clears throat> you only have to go for those two minutes. While you are telling the story, though. I throw random sound effects at you that I have at least 2,000 of that aren't even labeled properly that I will just hit random. When that sound effects happen, sound effect happens, whatever you hear, you have to throw that into the story. Sure. So what's something we've talked about? I got it. Tell us about you doing your first show. Okay, sure. All right. Uh, tell me when I'm good to go. When you start is when I hit the button. Okay. Uh, I was sitting in an apartment on Southeast 21st and Pine in Portland, Oregon, and I was reading from a book of poems that I was about to publish. And I had just lost my cat, her name was Fluffy, <laughs> into a horrible toilet accident. It was a new apartment. I didn't quite understand how gravity worked at that point. The flush didn't really take her all the way down. And that was odd because my cat made this weird kind of honking noise. It turns out that my roommate, by just complete happenstance, had a duck in the bathtub. So we had a duck. That was my roommate when he saw the duck cat fight. Because if you ever pull a cat halfway out of a toilet, it makes an odd noise and it ends up fighting a duck. So it's about three months later. I was in Multnomah County Courthouse and they, they were calling it manslaughter charges, although I was aiming at him because how dare you insult my cat? So. Well, yeah, that was the wood chipper. It's, <laughs> I like the movie Fargo, and I like the TV show Fargo. So it became a thing where I just thought, well, you know, I already killed my roommate. Why not just go the whole Buscemi? By the way, I don't know if you ever try to find a wood chipper in Portland, Oregon, when you don't own a house or a car. So I went on my trusty Morse code machine that I keep in my apartment. You know, you should figure, ask the other operators out there if I can possibly find some way to do it. And, you know, all the ships yeah, are clean. Well, interesting enough, the, the month before this, I was in the courthouse because not a lot of 300 yards within that sound effect. And that was a whole other story. Oddly enough, that one also ended with a wood chipper. But uh, there was a thing. It was a basketball court. And really, we just wanted padding on the ground for the certain actions that were to be done. Um, that was actually where I found my cat, the one that later fell into a toilet bowl. Uh, so, yeah, we're on, the, we're on the courthouse and we're finding our way to... That was an incredibly awkward thing. So we're on we're on the playground, and I had stepped on this uh, California tree frog, and it made this awful noise. Was, <laughs> Yay! Good job. Well, because you're the only contestant, you also automatically win. Hooray! I won. What you won is what the winner gets of the game is the very last word of the show. So we will do our plugs. We're about to do our plugs, and then we'll say you listen to BCX Radio Podcast for fanboys with a life. And then right before I cue the music all the way up, you just get to go blah. All right. It can be one word, a couple words. It's not too goddamn long. Sure. <clears throat> I had one guy on, and he just started doing his plug again. <laughs> oh, that's cheating. <laughs> uh, all right. What am I, where's my – the only song we don't have permission to do. She's got the best – does this song have, like, the best mode to get out of a show with? Yeah. I'm also asking the musicians to either cover this or find me something close. Yeah. And it's long. It's seven minutes, so it's perfect for plugging. I'm trying to figure Is this Weezer? Yeah, only in dreams. It's, the beginning of the song could easily be the Pixies. 
Well, it's yeah. and it's the last uh, song on the Blue album, so yeah. like it just yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, plugs. Send us with your plugs. Well, uh, the best way to find me is alexcast.com. Every time I say my name, there's two X's there. They're in a row after the A L E, and there's two X's. Then the word cast. Those like are the podcasts. eyes. Yes. So alexcast.com. You can find me on Twitter at the alexcast. Um, on Facebook, I'm I'm everywhere. Just. Uh, Search for that. I'm on YouTube. You can uh, see a guy that was on cocaine that I talked to last night after he had eaten his ear previous in the year. Show me his penis. So what more do you want from a YouTube site than a cocaine-addled self-cannibal showing you his member on a show that is technically listed in spirituality on, twi- on, on iTunes? So, And you said there's a YouTube version of that show, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, YouTube. Just search the Alex Cast on on. The link on is YouTube. on your main website. Yeah, it's on there. It's, everything's... Through there, or just Google. So my you name. can see a dick, a real live dick, a real live dick, and then a really from Florida. Yeah, really, really. Uh, although I found it terribly amusing, awkward, awkward interview. And you can find my books on Amazon. I'm Alex Bolin on there. Also, two X's B O L L E N. The Void Sutures is uh, poetry and short stories, and Periphery is quantum theory and psychosis. And um, yeah, you should read it if you want to. All right, guys. As usual for us. Uh, uh, if you would like to help out the show, you can do so by donating to, at bcxradio.com. On the right sidebar, there is a donate button, and you can leave as little or as much as you want. It all goes right to the show. In fact, if you want to see exactly where your money goes, if you go to bcxradio.com slash wish, there is our Amazon wish list for the studio for upgrades that we need and, and equipment that we need to uh, help make the show bigger and better. So you can pick exactly what the fuck you want to buy and there's things as small as uh ties that hold the wires together keep everything organized or as big as a awesome personas mixer <laughs> whatever you feel like doing uh also too don't forget to leave us a re five star review wherever you hear us we're also on stitcher we're on double twist you ever heard of double twist nope i looked up where the fucking where the directories were to put my shit and that was what i found oh. uh whatever the zune store is these days and uh, you can also find us on um, iTunes, of course. Leave us a five-star review. This uh, Wherever you listen to us, this puts us higher in the rankings. gets more eyes in front of us. And speaking of getting eyes in front of us, the only reason why we were able to make that milestone for June, for us anyway, is because I've been hitting social media like a motherfucker. I could use help. Share, 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 share. Anything that you see that has BCX Radio's logo on it, share it with your friends. Let them know about this cool little show you found. And maybe one day we'll be on the top ten with Mark Marins and the Adam Carollas and the Alex Casts. Exactly. Stamps.com. <laughs> When I grill at home, I use a man grill. <laughs> well, Alex, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, thank you for having me. Good times. Uh, yeah, hopefully you had a good time. Uh, so I'm going to come on your show eventually. Oh, yeah. I'm putting oh, yeah. you on the spot right yeah. here. No, no, you got it. Yeah. And that'll be we'll, we'll we'll be so this will be to be continued. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. Well, you won the last word. Thank you for coming. Thank you to everyone for listening. You've been listening to BCX Radio, the podcast for fanboys. Hamilcar Barca was the name of Hannibal's father.
You're listening to BCX Radio, the podcast for fanboys with a life. Meeting adjourned. This has been a Beyond Comics production. I wish the rain would stop just once. It can't rain all the time. Well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese?